0: welcome this is episode 17 or is it episode 18 i don't know i don't care because i am back happy new year to everybody okay listen had a lot of athletes this is my first non-volleyball player because we are about entertainment and you want some performers and me i gotta give the people or give the people what, what we want. want. That's right. That's right. Actor bad boy Drew Cannon, what's good, baby? It's good man. How are you? Cool, man. Yeah. Um Hey, pretty good karaoke night. <laughs>
1: every time you get to go to karaoke night it's a good night oh i love karaoke especially when when our crew comes in (laughs) it was a good night monday we had everybody in and that was nice
0: except greg faulkner where's the camera greg faulkner charlatan okay anyway um yeah that was pretty cool we um tried some um the thing i like about karaoke like a lot of people who don't go tease it and they're like oh my god it's a bunch of bad people oh it's a bad karaoke night and i'm like Motherfucker, have you seen, <laughs> have you come to our spots?
1: <laughs> yeah, you can get into some of those places, and there are people that are legitimately good. You're going in, and I, like I go in, and I enjoy singing for what it is. I think I'm okay, and yeah. um, and I'll get in there and see somebody get up on stage and just be like, yo, I I, I might have to, I'm gonna take my name off the list after that or something, you know, because it's just it's so awesome watching people get up there and just do their thing um of course i jump up there because i'm like nah i'm I'm gonna jump up there but um yeah man it's crazy watching some people like coming out of the woodwork that you never even expect too you that's could, what's dude, great you
0: get here i don't know maybe some country ass dude singing tennessee whiskey you get a couple of queens go up there saying it's, it's raining men uh um right no diggity I, 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 what i did like sweet transvestite three weeks ago yeah. um yeah it's so freaking entertaining and and I, I just started that off just to break the ice. Uh, yeah. Whatever. And, for and sure. it's my pack podcast and I get to do whatever I want. But um, um I like it because and you this is something you may relate to or not, uh, because you're you're um your you're balls deep in acting right now and just performing yep. and this and that. So for me with volleyball, mm-hmm. uh, which was my escapism for for such a long time, um, when your escapism becomes your career. And if it's twenty four seven and everybody's into it and all and it's just back and forth and just that all the time, some mm-hmm. people can handle that because they're they're insane and I was for a while. Sure. And some people, you need a new escapism. So my escapism was was karaoke because, um, you know, my 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 B I was in the BFA program at Marymount Manhattan. My degree's in acting. Yeah. Uh, um, and yeah, that's that's why I enjoyed it and that's why I brought it up.
1: What brought what brought the uh, on the escapism. What mm-hmm. did you need? Feel like it was just all the just being that uh, through like full on every day balls deep into it. You just needed that other thing to get away.
0: I think because in your career there are things that go good in your career and things that go bad. Oh sure. All right. So everybody says you got to handle a good with a bad, and that's and that's cool. But the, my question is, how do I handle a bad? Mm. I go sing karaoke. If it's good all the time, every day, seven days a week, guess what? Oh, fuck, yeah. fuck karaoke. I'm, I'm here editing a volleyball video, I'm watching, she knows, you know, I'm, I mean, I moved here just to do that. I was, uh, yeah. when I was in New York, I was doing five different things and uh, evident- eventually just didn't really succeed in any, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause sometimes you, you, you're you too spread out uh, unless you're good at everything. And I was, I just wasn't great at everything. You know I mean, I was I was an NCAA coach um and i've turned lemons into lemonade but
1: i didn't yeah. win a title
0: the closest i got was the final four you know i was a high school coach So uh, pretty good um, yeah yeah so i mean it's still better than most but for for those guys like you and me that are driven mm-hmm. um and you move here and everybody's as, as obsessed as you just yeah. when you think you fucking met your match you know the guy who lives next door to you has been doing this since he's nine from playing to, to playing college the coaching club Absolutely. and assistant coach NCAA and then you know in the AVP or whatever so everybody you kind of met your match and everybody's so fucking insecure sometimes yeah and, and you get caught up in this validation game which I swore I would never do when I got here and then soon but sooner or later you get caught up in it because everybody's like no nah, I'm not interested in that guy I don't want to hire that guy I want to hire this guy who I who I know has like half the experience I do and I'm like what the fuck is this problem? I did this for twenty-one years. I did this for thirty. I've got all like, oh, this like, experience. Oh. Wait a second. No, but I'm like, guess what? Guess what, what I just corner. did? But like, guess what I just did? i was start validating myself, and I, yeah. and I and I become what I despise. Yeah. <laughs> so my escapism. Karaoke. Karaoke. So.
1: Which, uh, you know, I've heard before in in uh, from a couple different people too that uh, it's it's good to have that too. You know, have that thing that you can get away from uh, everything else and just like be in in a place where you could just let let it all go and i've heard from other people that um singing in is actually a great way to release endorphins it's a great way to um just get yourself out of your headspace uh they say that singing actually will help you like decompress and and take take uh, I, I don't know just 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 that in, in, its, you, in it of yeah. itself like just to be able to decompress take away that that uh, i want to i I'm, I'm not clinical in any way but uh people say like to fight depression and things like singing is a good way to do that uh, just because it does it releases those endorphins it gets you into a headspace that's not um you know that normal thing because you're literally doing something that you don't you don't walk around doing on a normal basis which is singing well some people walk around singing on a normal basis i guess too but um so i always thought that that was really cool that that was a thing uh and i always found that it when i'm singing it does it it raises my energy and and, then so that was as i kind of got more comfortable singing because karaoke can be scary when you first go in and you know you see it and uh But once you get comfortable with it and start start going just like anything, you start to settle into it and enjoy it. And and that's what I love watching um, other people go through, you know, especially as we go in week after week and see familiar faces or new faces that keep coming back. And you're watching, you're like, oh, they're getting better. That's awesome. And we also have great spots that we have a good um, community of people who are very supportive as well, which is why I keep going back, too, because I love. The people we hang out with uh, while we're there on those those weekdays or weekend days, and, uh, and yeah, so it's it's just really great. On top of me feeling awesome when I'm up there singing too. No, so.
0: you definitely echoed the sentiment of the collective people who actually um, go there. Like for a lot of people who don't do karaoke, this is um, the the there's three cool things about it. Uh, if I can consolidate it, uh, um, the hundred into three. One. Mm-hmm. I can go there without a friend and have friends there. Mm-hmm. I can go to a new karaoke spot without a friend, sing a song, and everybody's my friend. Yeah, <laughs> we oh, make friends there. Like um, which leads me to my second point. Um, what you said, uh, uh, and from escape escapism to your outlet to just emoting something. The cool thing is you have something to say you have something on your mind and you put it through a song and everybody gets you
2: mm-hmm. and everybody
0: feels you and everybody cheers you on and you can suck you could be a new song. You could be good. It could be your, your go-to song, right? Everyone's a go-to song. I ain't got
2: yeah. a go-to song, Just uh, but, um,
0: um, which leads me to my third point, which is the most important. Doesn't even matter what the song is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Doesn't even matter what the song is. <laughs> it doesn't even matter what the song is. <laughs> You could have broke up with your girlfriend and the song and you can sing fucking truffle butter. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And and somebody out
1: in that audience would be like, "Yeah." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're like this. Okay. They're going through it. Mm -hmm. I can tell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right, because it's what what uh, comes through you. It's uh, it's like uh, I feel like any artist, you know, they could do they can do something that uh, is interpretive for everybody but it's also for themselves uh, and that's it's it's beautiful in that way to be able to put something out uh, that matters just as much to you but can also mean something to somebody else yep uh, and and translate at the same time so
0: yeah I yeah. get that and from an actor's perspective, um uh, when I when I was at Marymount, there are some things where someone makes an acting choice to make it believable and interesting. And the acting choice they, they they would make, some people use a substitution where the where whatever choice they make, it has nothing to do, nothing to do with the play. Like if If you're, I don't know. If you're, let's say you're 25 or whatever, and you're playing someone who got divorced, and and you've never been divorced, there's nothing to reflect on. So you have to um, bring something else. Um, Your dog got sick. Yep. You think about your dog getting sick, you're grief stricken. you're angry, they left you. And that emotes to the audience like, oh, my God, this guy is sad. His wife yeah. left him. <laughs> and they're like, oh, man, did that happen to you in real life? Fuck yeah, no, man. Show, oh gosh, it was my shit, I dog. Really
1: like yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that we find those uh, substitutions and things um, through technique and through it, tech, the technique of experience, just finding that that different thing that works for us. And it's, it's interesting the way that uh, it, again, interprets to other people. Uh, I think that that's one of the things that makes acting so interesting and and just so raw and visceral in a lot of ways too.
0: God, I miss it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So you have something called Bad Boys Group Session. Talk to me a little bit about that. We're, we're going present to past.
1: Present to past, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm part of uh, the this uh, mini web series, a show called Bad Boy, um, or ba- as you see, a, there's Bad Boy, uh, different
0: yeah, labels it was, on
1: it. It's either Bad Boy Group Session or Bad Boy Christmas, but the- Bad Boy Goes to Rehab. Yeah, Bad yeah. Boy something. <laughs> but it's uh, it's this show, um, it's a show written by Artie uh, O'Daly, and um, we're about, uh, I think we're about to shoot episode 13 this month and uh he started the the thing he's got a well you know a a whole youtube channel as well and he's he's an amazing writer everything but he got a hold of me we actually he and i worked on a a theater project uh, about a year and a half prior to me even coming on to his show and uh through that which it, it's it's always crazy to me just how connections work and everything and things come back full circle sometimes but you know he and i had a great experience working on that project and then a year and a half later he i get a call from him and he say hey i got this show going on it's this bad boy show i got i'm a few episodes in and I, uh i have a character that I'd, I'd love for you to you know put on tape to see if you'd be right for her. and i said yeah definitely um send me over the papers and I'll uh, be happy to do it. So he sent me a little monologue to do and uh, put it on tape for him. And I think I got a, got a call from him like a couple hours later, like, yo, I'm pretty sure you're about to be in this show. So, um, excuse me. Um, so from, from there, it was, you know, he, he really liked what I did. And a couple of days later, he's like, hey, I'd love to, for you to come onto this show and play this role. And uh, we did the, did the episode and it got really great, great reviews. Yeah. Everybody really seemed to episode like. Episode one, right? Uh, no, this would have been episode, I think I came on at six or seven. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, uh, but it was uh, the episode that's called Bad Delivery Boy. So my character comes in. Uh, his name's Jim, and he's this kind of—he's this kind of dopey farm boy from Indiana. But he's got this really crazy past where he was kind of given up and and lost to the woods of Indiana, and he grew up kind of a raised by wolves type. And what of was character. it called again? Uh, his name's Jim, and the episode's Bad Delivery Boy.
0: Bad Delivery Boy.
1: Yeah. So if you, you could I got go, Miranda.
0: It up right
1: yeah, there. so you could go on to hit his channel and find that because they're all listed. I, and I'm pretty sure it's episode 6 or 7. 7, um, yeah. 7, yes. Awesome. Lucky number 7. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's, this character, it's this character right behind me. This, this is Jim right here. Is you that know? Him? He's this guy. He's just like he's super self-confident but a little dopey uh, as well. This crazy past where he's raised by wolves. Uh, also Jeff, like are we, are we I didn't order food. Uh, it says this is for Daddy Scott. Daddy
2: Scott. <laughs> oh, I see.
1: First name Daddy, last name Scott. Nice. Should I just put it anywhere, bro? But no, I didn't order. Hi. Hi.
3: I thought you were gay. I am.
1: No, I didn't order food, did you? No, but I'll eat it. These crackers are terrible. <laughs> oh, I see. So well, is this one of those yeah. deals where you order food, so I come in and you drop your pants and try to hook up with me? Because if it is, that's cool. <laughs> uh, it's uh, not. Oh yeah. Oh, All right, that's cool. <laughs> We go from there. Oh my gosh. That's a good
0: scene. <laughs> oh yeah. And the winner goes to. <laughs> it's so great, and
1: this this first episode was so amazing too because it it really opened up like a whole new world for Artie. Um, and then afterwards, uh, you know, it's it was one of those things where he's like, I, you know, I feel like I want to bring Jim back, and uh, I started talking to him a little bit about where the story arc was going and everything. Because uh, I think up until that point, there, it was more of a one-off. Every episode had a new bad boy coming in. And um you know he has a great following the the viewership on there everybody it's great supportive yeah, it's viewership like twenty
0: seven thousand and... subscribers yeah. yeah I mean
1: so yeah. <laughs> and, and so I started talking to him. I was like, hey, you know uh, every episode is so great, um but I you know me even watching them before coming on i'm I'm sitting here wondering where this is going, so do you have a story arc planned? do you uh have an idea of where these characters are going um and he told me he did he just uh hadn't hadn't quite figured out where you know like how to start that story arc or at least that he wanted to start doing the story arc more and i was and i just told him i was like well hey man if i could be if i could be part of that story arc in any way like please please bring me back because i love the show i love the writing uh it's it's so much fun to do and uh next thing i know i'm getting the second episode that i'm in episode eight uh and From there, we filmed now five five episodes, and we're up to getting ready to film what is the thirteenth in the season and uh, twelfth or thirteenth again. Don't know off the top of my head, but uh, still going. But still going. So and and yeah, uh, I I just think it's great, and it is the story arcs now bringing characters back that we've seen before, as well as following along with Jim's. story arc and uh and Artie's main character whose name is scott yep uh his his story arc as well with this jim character and all the other characters that uh come on back and come in and play their roles as well so it's interesting and and the thing is is i don't know where it's going either every episode is kind of a a new piece of information for me and and it's so funny and this new one that's coming up is is in my opinion one of the funniest ones it's got a lot of physical comedy and I think the viewers are really going to like it as much as I'm going to enjoy filming it so
0: uh, that's, that's great. Yeah. Oh man. Good, good, good to, um, exciting times. You exciting know?
1: times for sure.
0: Yeah. And, and the work you put in and see the fruition and see the appreciation of it. That's, that's, um, yeah, it's comparable to any, almost any profession. I mean, I was talking about volleyball in the beginning, right? So. Yeah. Whatever. Well, and you know,
1: what's? uh, this was one of the first projects that I've been a part of where I had, um, where I got to start, you know, I've, I've done a lot of things, but, uh, a lot of times you go in and let's say you do a commercial or you 're doing um a little short film you get you get that one chance to get that character and you know as as you say working in film is a lot different than working on the stage whereas yeah. stage you have six weeks you have a long rehearsal period of time to sit with that character, build that story arc get mm-hmm. that get that uh depth to that character where sometimes i'll i 'll be doing a film project and i 'll have three days to prep a character. Um, not only for auditions, but sometimes for the actual project. Okay, yeah, you're gonna prep the character for the audition. We love it, cool. We're filming tomorrow. Get your stuff together. And I
0: would you know, I would love to know the time period where that whole uh film and like the process and uh you you preparing this character turned into this lightning in the bottle thing. Um, right. You know, I was I'm not just an actor, I studied the fuck out of it. So and if you go back as far as the black and whites. Mm-hmm. Like um, I'll give you an example, Key Largo. Yeah, it's um uh, Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, um old Brooklyn girl. Mm. Um, Edward G. Robinson, he won like best supporting actor. He was like yeah. the best it, and, and this basically, and I'm getting somewhere with this, but this basically set the whole premise for good guy, bad guy. You watch Die Hard, you watch like some of these movies oh, now. Yeah, it was the first, it was like the the um the measuring stick, mm-hmm. in which all of them are compared to. Man, but
1: but everything come, proceeds coming circ- circling
0: yeah. around. They met in um, Bog- Bogart's apartment or, or Betty's uh, um, sorry, Lauren recalled Yeah. Name, her name's Betty. In the
2: show. Uh,
0: they met in her apartment and they didn't get the script last minute. They got the script and they went and they stayed in that apartment for like two, three weeks and they rehearsed yeah. together and they did all that together. And it's weird. I wonder when that turned into just here's, you know, here's your side. You know, this is the scene, <laughs> you know, and I, I guess some directors are like, is it more fresh and it's, and it's less, it's more organic if you get it last minute. Uh,
1: I don't, honestly, I think what it comes down to is we're, we're in where back then, I think that you had a lot more uh, crossover between directors who knew about theater and theater actors who were making their way over into the film industry. Uh, because that's kind of how it used to be. It used to be, uh, more theater, theater-based actors that had a great uh, foundation in the theater were coming to the film. Now it's kind of switched, where I think a lot more you, you kind of become <laughs> you become well-known, re- renowned as a film actor, and then you could go do theater, uh, which we've seen in a lot of ways um, happening. So that you had these directors as well coming from the theater maybe doing some more film work and and so they knew the process they knew the actors process they knew the benefits behind it not to say that today they don't but what i believe the main factor nowadays is time is money Mm. so it's about how how quickly can we get it done how much time do we actually have to spend uh, doing these other things and unfortunately i think a lot of those rehearsal times those that time given to the actor is kind is is also is now I think uh, kind of thought more of as well. That's stuff that they can do on their own, and right? Stuff yeah. that they, which we can. Uh, well, and that's we've the old also thing, right? learned it's a technique now. I I, yeah. I can't tell you like I've I've read books about how to how to rehearse when there's no rehearsal time and um, just how to get get that character, get everything done so that. Next week when I film this really important scene, it's going to be as if I've been, uh, uh, you know, I've been living that life my entire,
0: Yeah. Well, you know. the, old, the old saying is, um, I forget what this guy said, and, and it's somewhat connected to what you just said. They don't pay me to act. I get paid to wait.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I get paid yeah. to wait. So, and, and that's the part. That's the reason why I even brought it up is because if you got to do all this waiting around 12 hours to do whatever and to just get back on and off, why don't you? <laughs> Oh, just getting the side earlier. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, of course. So yeah, I, I that's a curiosity thing because I'll, everything I've done, I've you know after after I graduated the theater for like five years, but I've mm-hmm. never never done a film. I've done a commercial, sure. um, for Italian television and this and that. But um, you know, and I do know the things that make sense. Like Lauren Bacall once said, um. The one thing she learned from Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart that helped her as an actress is um the audience is always one step ahead of you. Like if someone has a gun near your face, they already know you're afraid you don't have to make faces, which yeah. separates film from theater. Like 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 I, I I get the camera on me. Like if 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 I'm doing a scene and if I'm curious about something, I don't have to like theater, you're gonna do this. You know, but like <laughs> film, film, you could do this. Watch my eyebrow just and, you yeah. know, it picks it up. So so it's one of those things that um, it's a basic teaching tool. And I, I wrote a paper on her, actually. Yeah. Um, I got an A for it because I used her. I used the five-question interview with her. I was able to get an interview with her. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. I worked at a doctor's office that was like the doctor of the stars. So um, this is a fun there story, too. Yeah. Time, time to jump <laughs> off. Like, wait, like, wait yeah. Time to jump off the cliff. All right. Um, um, and I'm taking you with me. Um There. So I'm working at a doctor's office and I'm taking um, acting for the camera just as an elective supplement to my major. Okay. And they're like, you have to write a research paper and you have these these um, actors to choose from. And Lauren Bacall was on and I was like, you know, I'm ready to throw it down. I'm like, I want this person. So she comes to the office for a, um, a, a, I think a flu shot or a B12 injection or whatever. And I said, Betty, I said, I, I'm, I'm writing a paper on you. I said, I want a five-question interview. You know, and she looks at me and she's like, got any drugs? No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so I reach in my thing and I pull out this bag, right? And I said, I got your drugs. And she's like, you got Allegra? there?" Yeah. I'm like, yeah, said, no. <laughs> She's like, you got Nexium? Yeah. So she walks away and she comes back. She's like, "I need Lipitor. Is that in here?" I'm like, "It's it's in there." She's like, oh, "Fine, call me. Fine, call me." So, <laughs> so I didn't want to call her. So what I did was I got her assistant and I faxed her to five questions, right? Okay. So a week goes by, you know nothing. You know ten days, nothing, and I'm like, "All right." The good thing is I got some time to write it. So, and I knew she could go another way. So, and I do my best work last minute anyway. So uh, um, let me just get the basics. Let me use Key Largo as my foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she comes in, didn't know she's coming in and she comes in and she sits next to me and she pulls out this piece of paper. So what's the most important thing I learned? And I'm just like, <laughs> Where is it, where's everything? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking uh, <Just> wait, wait. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so re- uh, awesome interview, and my professor is like A plus plus, and just awesome. this magnificent thing. So, and I that was a good big gangster move on my part, and I, and and I did it twice. I did it with Anna Strasberg. move. The yeah, facts. I did it with a uh, um yes. Anna Strasberg. Lee's, yeah. Lee's ex-wife, because um, I, I wrote a paper on Harold Clurman for um, yeah. adv- advanced directing. It was, um, and I understand that her, Lee, and Anna stayed in the same apartment for a decade.
1: It's incredible, yeah. right? Just to so, think about that, like these yeah. great minds that really shaped. Yeah.
0: well, the they were part and... of the group theater. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I know your girlfriend's here, and Miranda's like, I don't know what the hell y'all talking about. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the, so Miranda, so for those of you guys listening at home, so for those of you listening at home, the group theater from my, my volleyball people, because right now um, we're we're live Facebook and Insta, and, I'm, and I don't see no actors, I only see our volleyball players. Um, so for those of you listening, the group theater is this group of uh, playwrights actors directors. directors absolute fucking savages clifford yeah. Odets, phoebe brand harold clurman lee strasberg um we, we can go yeah. on but basically these are the people who pioneered um television and film acting yeah here it. in
1: america for sure
0: yeah and, made, and
1: well everywhere but no but um, develop
0: techniques yeah that that young young and older actors can use uh um I don't know if it's a gym for actors. I don't know what you call if you call it that, but something we can exercise and, and, yeah, and no, then and do our do our acting curls, you know. Yeah, exactly.
1: So. Yeah, starting those classes and everything, and that they all stemmed from the classic Stanislavski s- system yep. as well. And, but then, kind of did their own thing with the group theater before a lot of them separating to kind of also do their own version. Yeah. Uh, like Lee Strasberg. And and Carol Cleman, yeah. Her- yeah, Clerman, everyone they broke
0: the up team. because of difference. differences. Yeah. But the difference was, they of were, they were like thought, brothers.
1: Everybody. Yeah. But they at first came mm-hmm. together to have that collective thoughts, um, mm-hmm. in, in those techniques. And through that, they then branched out, which was great because you know, is it, if there isn't one technique, for acting as is i'm sure with volleyball there's not one technique to to set or Amen. to uh you know work together as a, a team i mean shoot sometimes you have five people right, right. and some two <laughs> <Doubles>. obviously <laughs> now i'm throwing it back back to you guys i don't know uh yeah. all the things for volleyball but, but everything
0: um, you're saying is right
1: but yeah and um and that's just you know with uh in, you know a lot of different sports a lot of any anything that takes skill and talent um there are Techniques in your toolbox that you can pull from and make your own. Yeah. That's at one point somebody was like, you know what? I really like this technique, but I feel like there's another one. Mm. And that's what these people did. And that's uh, that's uh, I think the, the universality of of that thought in general of just figuring out different things is what makes the collective minds uh, of human beings. Just amazing in general.
0: You're here, here, here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. So. to Yeah, because.
0: And Marymount, same thing. Marymount, um, well, first of all, the BFA program is two years contemporary, right? Mm-hmm. And you understand Stanislavski, you understand Meisner. They're very big on Stanford Meisner. Um, the third year is Ibsen, Comedy Matters, and the entire yeah. fourth year is Shakespeare. So you're definitely going to learn. And whatever you choose as an elective. Uh, Michael Chekhov technique. Um, um, acting as, for, as a general ensemble. You know, we did, we did that, which is great because you have to do a production for your final paper. Yeah. And for those of you listening, acting is great. And at the same time for college, it sucks because oh, yeah. you can take, Joey, my man who's listening. I'll give you an example, uh, Doug, Dougie Fresh. You can take a science class. Right. If your professor doesn't like you, you pass the midterm. You get A in the midterm. You get A on the final. Go suck a dick. Okay. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I'm trying to get it out there. Uh, anyway. Um. But if your acting professor doesn't like you, <laughs> man. Anything that's flawed in in your that he's he, that, I'm not saying they're not doing their job. It's because some of them do. I, I had. Yeah. Like, but the problem is I can name the ones that do, and the rest of them don't. They yep. just, they just, just, they get caught up in the moment. Ah, you know, I told you it was an actor, you're not, cause I don't like them. You know, it sucks. It sucks doing it for college. It sucks. To- well, and they can
1: also have some kind of pool and maybe some uh, roles that you might be auditioning for, for mm-hmm. some of those projects that the school is putting on and things like that. Cause that's, and it hey, sucks hey, to
0: not be a part of that if they don't yeah. like you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that influence can can uh, get you uh, in or out of a play. That's yeah. pretty rough. But also, in a sen- in a sense, it kind of prepares you for the world because. Uh you know out here in, in film and we're in in the theater I have a lot of theater and, that's, and they us, me, like, and they told me
0: and they told me that for 4 years and I said I don't want to hear no bullshit about the world okay yeah. you want to prepare me for the prepare people for the world quit your fucking professor job and go to a conservatory and do it that way all right this is a college you have a job to do okay and the people that you that are getting getting recruited big secret some of them have already fucking seen the world i was mm-hmm. i went back to school when i was 33 years old I'm, 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 a, I'm a Gulf War vet. I served in the military. Uh, I went to Hunter College for like a cup of coffee because my major was volleyball. I didn't go to class. I played, <laughs> I played professionally. Yes. And by, by the time I was 33 years old and by the time I, was, I pursued acting, which they loved me. I mean, they don't recruit. Listen, they don't recruit 33-year-olds. They recruit 18-year-olds. So I, thought, I felt very privileged to be yeah. part of this fucking reality show. Um, but by the time I got there, I, was, I already did iron work. I already uh, fixed generators. I served mm-hmm. overseas. I played volleyball overseas. I went to Rikers Island and, and, and um, um, Brooklyn House of Detention and ministered the word of God to people who were in jail on Christmas. So, you know, and I was in my, my 10th year, my 10th year in a cardiology practice I was working in. So I don't want to, I mean, yeah, I know, I know, I get, I mean, please, save that world. You know, I, I sound like I'm singular, or I, or I think I'm special, and I'm not, and I am. I, you know, and I'm like, look, let's just talk about what makes me a better actor. Don't be, don't be like, you know, you're sad now, but in the real world, you know, that's going to happen to you, and you just got to... Shut up, dude. Yeah. Shut up. I've been homeless. You know, I got kicked out of my house when I was eighteen. But what real? Is yeah. there any in New York City? At that, is there any anything about the real world that you're gonna say that's that this is a lot, that where where you're trying to use things outside of acting, the general blanket of disappointment and and conquering your demons and being thick-skinned mm-hmm. that that I don't already freaking know. You know, with respect, do your job. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So so I had really good professors and I just had I had one where I'm like, damn, you know, first day of the, of the class, I'm like, this one, you know. And we look at each other and we say the same thing. We say, this one gonna be a problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. So
0: um so listen, let's I'm sorry, I just I went off on a tangent. What's no, some um, what are the more more interesting uh people you met in the theater world? Any um fun first fun story that comes to your mind right now?
1: in the theater world
0: no film uh, film
1: world film theater world interesting people everybody man no le- legitimately like everybody's who comes to who who works in this in, in this industry you know we're they're all artists uh they're all creative creative minds in in their own way whether it's the the, the makeup team or the effects team the the lighting team to camera, uh, every aspect even you know it's all a it's all a team effort, but individually everybody is putting their creative aspect into it. And that to me is what makes them just so interesting in and of themselves. Um, and why, well, I guess I say everybody is, is kind of that, that person cause I, I'll be over at the snack bar or something, uh, what we call crafty and, You'll start talking to somebody. I, and most of the time, I, I try not to be like, oh, who's this? Who are you? Like, what do you do to put them on a level? Because it doesn't matter to me. I'm just like, hey, how's it going? Having a banana today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I like having it. an apple. Yeah. And then I'm going to eat a big handful of Cheez-Its. Yeah, Miranda's, Miranda's smiling because you,
0: you said something our last guest said, too. Oh, no, did I? Yeah, Our last guest, uh, Phil Burrow. Um, he's the only guy. I remember. I tell you, he's the only guy to play um, uh, uh beach volleyball on all seven. Continents. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He um, and I complimented him, and I I get the same sense about you. The same way you talk to a billionaire is the same way you talk to a guy, a homeless guy.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> you
0: know, it's the same language, and I I, I, I pick people out and and. Maruti, Man, yeah, yeah, I get the same thing. Sorry.
1: Yeah, you got to. And actually, it's I'm I'm happy you said that because that's that is one way that I I try to carry myself because everybody is is just, you know, at the end of the day, we're all people, we're all human. So it's like, I'm going to talk to you like a human being, whether it doesn't matter what what somebody else might perceive you to be on some scale. It doesn't like, there's no scale to me. It's just like, hey, how's it going? We're both at the snack bar having some coffee. That's it. Let's yeah. talk <laughs> while we have a break in between work. As you say, as I'm waiting 30 minutes to do a three second shot, <laughs> that's going to yeah. be, cut into the you know whatever the show is a project that i'm doing yeah so that's uh yeah it's to me like that's why i say every everybody's special because it's yeah. it, it, it truly is that
0: it is um uh, my first year professor told me um your reputation starts the day you 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 be an uh, you become an actor because it's such a small world like like if you're a di- you're you're an idiot or like a I don't know. I was going to say dick, whatever. <laughs> and I, since I already said it, um, if you're a dick in college, mm-hmm. soon the person you're in acting class with might be a cast and director someday. They might be a producer. They might be a director. And it's such a, I mean, people think it's such a big world because there's so many of us, but there's only so many of us because we put ourselves in a bubble where we think everybody is, which is very synonymous with volleyball and these zip codes. Okay. If you only grew up here, volleyball is the number one sport in America. <laughs> oh, <that's true. laughs> if you okay. if you don't leave this bubble, All right. so um, and people act. Uh, he said, be very careful because who you were, you know, nice to or not nice to, people only remember that that moment. So you could be a different person. You could be a better human being ten years from now. And if they see you ten years from now, and if they're a casting director, if they're an actor in a film, who's who's who who are they going to remember? Mm-hmm. They're going to remember. The, oh, the, um, the, the, the bad, person the that one. they first met, yeah. yeah, whether that was good or bad. not And that was – and it was – the cool thing was – and I'm getting – I'm again, I'm circling a wagon. It was easy for me to be like that because I came in already like that. Yeah. You know, there are two kinds of actors, and I don't mean to narrow it down to this false dichotomy because these aren't the only two that exist. There are actors who are nice because they're, they're mindful of their reputation,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and there are actors – who are just inherently nice people they' where they they don't have to try and 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 like I said, I drive off the cliff, but we climb back up, and that's to me that you're the you always struck me as the ladder, you know yeah so, um, which is why I was like i gotta have I gotta have this dude on my podcast. Right.
1: <laughs> but nice just because not because mm-hmm. i feel like i have to be
0: right yeah yeah there's a forced attrition thing.
1: i appreciate it yeah like yeah. listen <laughs> and we well and we talked you know yeah. we, we've gotten to know each other week in a week out at, at you know the karaoke spots and i'm really excited it's cool how we've both progressed and uh gotten to know each other more and more and i that that's the type of people that i also try and and just gravitate to you know i've, I've gotten to a point where i, I definitely feel like I can trust my gut when I meet certain people and it's not that I try and judge or well I don't try to judge anybody but you know you get those gut feelings about certain people that you maybe know you just don't vibe with yeah um and so you might keep your distance from that or if I'm out you know I might see that person and um and I might like them in general but there might be that gut feeling that's just like yeah, but we just we just don't vibe like that. Yeah. And they have and to be worth wrong. your
0: space.
1: Yeah, and there's, there's only twenty four hours that.
0: in a day. <laughs> but
1: then what I've found is that you kind of be when you when you trust that vibe, you trust that gut feeling, you, you tend to gravitate then to those those people that you do feel that gut feeling with and that vibe with. So that's where I feel Week in and week out, you and I kind of started that gravitational pull towards each other, and the others that we get along with there and yeah. really enjoy hanging out with, same thing. And now look what it's come to here, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, pays, pays to have Boom. this. Pays to have this extrovert here, man. She's always about the meeting of the minds, isn't she? Oh yes. We're <laughs> talking about always. his his girlfriend, who's a, also a, a, a very good performer. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you um? How did you get into it? What the hell made you say I want to be an actor?
1: Oh uh, man! You know what's funny? Speaking of girlfriends, it, it was actually a girl who uh, who who did. I I was um a athlete growing up as well. I played three sports all through the year: basketball, track, football. Um, and I was always active. Uh, but that's what I did all through high school. Um, I was an athlete, and then went to college. Didn't have a major in mind. Didn't have anything. I was playing football. Right. So after that first year i um i was just taking core classes 101 classes whatever and um i had to take uh you know an arts class something either music or theater whatever so and i chose a theater 101 class well the head of the theater department taught that class and he was just a really cool guy that made it fun um but but outside of the classroom what we had to do was actual hands-on uh experience work with the theater we had to clock something like 30 hours or something where we're either going to see shows or we could do it all by working there this is which is a funny thing because later on i found out oh this is how you got free work from people like free labor um they would say hey you know you clock 10 hours over here during our winter show and uh, we'll give you your credit, you know, like for those 10 hours that you don't have to go. You don't necessarily have to go see shows or whatnot. You only have to go see two shows instead of five shows. Or something. Right. Uh, <laughs> but you got to come in here and, and do this manual labor for us. Uh, so you get the experience of what it's like to work in a theater. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Cause I gonna just get that 10 hours out of the way that way I can, uh, I can ensure my C in the class, my, my average so that I can pass and get this credit. Um, but what ended up happening was I, I went in and I worked and I actually ended up building sets for this, uh, Christmas show and then helping with the load in load out while it actually went up. Uh, and I loved it, man. I loved it. I it, I was all of a sudden thrust into this world where I was behind the scenes. I wasn't even on stage at this point. I was just behind the scenes watching these performers get out there and this team of people behind and on stage coming together to create this amazing thing. And then, of course, I went and saw the show itself. And it was just a Christmas uh, show where, with Christmas songs and whatnot. But I'm sitting there watching all of it come together. And it just, to me, it, that was one moment where I was like, wow this is something special and then on top of working there I also went uh, to see a couple shows and I actually remember and it's actually uh current because the first show I went and saw was um little women which yeah. just came out uh, yeah. on film and beautifully done yeah. you off- see you
0: see the, the one of the original films of Jude Law or something, something like
1: that I had I, I yeah. will say I haven't seen one of the original films but this but this last yeah that's what I told I was like, yeah, I haven't seen it. She's like, what? Um, <laughs> good actor. I just, I, I may not be the best versed in all the history you of acting. can't see them all. But there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, but uh, I saw Little Women on stage and man, it moved me to tears and this feeling that I got by the end of this, by the end of this musical, I, I was sitting there thinking to myself, wow, like, this is how this can make me feel? Like, how amazing would it be to make other people feel that way? And that was the first moment where I was like, this could be something I could be into. And then around the same time, uh, working uh, in the in the thing, I also had met a girl who was in the theater program as well. So I, I was um, kind of trying to, you know, ego my way uh, and machismo my way into her good graces. Uh, that by I think the start of my sophomore year, I, I came back from summer summer break, and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna
0: how you doing? I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, <laughs> be part of the
1: theater program. What you think about yeah. that?" And um, of course, she was surprised. Uh, mm-hmm. But this came from actually getting into it was I had to approach during that 101 class uh, what started it all. I went up to the head of the department. I said, "This is a kind of a funny story, too." That uh, I. After class, I walk up to him, and like I am not like I might look more kind of theatery now, or more like a artist of sorts, or you know, actor. But back in college, I was two fifteen, like pushing weight every day in the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, what's up, bro? Let's yeah. go get to the gym. Let's go out, have some beers after class. Like, yeah, you know, skip. Skip third period, man.
0: We're going yeah. out. 20 push ups? Yeah. You mean with each arm, right? With each arm. No, no
1: arms. That's what it is. <laughs> exactly. Figure it out. That's what we're doing, man. And, and here, yeah, like, like, there's nothing. I love, I love me at that time. Um, but, and I'm not trying to judge me, but, the but, um, but that's that's basically who I was back then so uh so i so picture that dude right it's basically jim is basically jim on bad boy series is that that's who it was um he, he I, I walk up to the head of the theater department after this 101 class he just got done teaching all these people who don't want anything to do with theater about theater and i walk up and like hey uh, so uh I, I don't know like i might be thinking about Coming into the theater department and like being a theater major. <laughs> and he, I shit you not, this is one of those stories. He looks at me and um, he's just got kind of one of those looks that kind of like terrifies your soul to the core.
0: It's in the eyes. Yeah, just in the eyes. Yeah, it's in the eyes.
1: And he looks at me and he literally just goes, You need to get the fuck out of my classroom right now. Wow. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Yeah. I think I, the, Listen. the closest to shitting down my leg that I probably ever came was that that point. Um, but I didn't even, and I wasn't expecting that response at all. And I think he could tell cause he's like, yeah, you need to leave, like, because you can't be serious. I was yeah, like, you can't. You and, got no And respect, at that point, I'm but... like in my corner. I'm like, all right, we got to fight our way out of this one. Let's yes. do this. No, I am serious. I'm gonna hold my ground right now. Like, if anything, maybe that was the moment where I was like, this dude just scared the shit out of me to making sure I I stand my ground and and uh, push forward through this decision I've made. <laughs> Um, but I was like, no, I, I, I'm serious. Like I, and I kind of explained what I just explained to you. I, you know, I really loved working and doing all this stuff that you made us do and seeing the shows. And, uh, it was like a 10 minute conversation of me explaining myself, trying to not sweat, uh, through my shirt. And he, he looked at me and he kind of, he kind of, there was that moment of turn and, and just kind of sat back and looked at me for saying, he's like, if you're serious about this, you, you come in. On Monday, and you, and you have some office hours with me, and we'll talk about it.
3: And I a big sign. Oh yeah,
1: yes, sir. I'll be right in. Okay, okay. Thank you so much.
0: Oh I'll be there. God. I'll
1: make the appointment. All right, and I, you know, jetted. Yeah, uh, but I followed through, man, and and um, best decision I've ever made, cause uh, you know. And just just to follow up with the other story, like I, I did end up dating that girl. Uh, yeah. one of one of the longest relationships I had. But really you kind of got a
0: new girlfriend in the middle of all that. And didn't?
1: and yeah, you know, life happened, and, and now I'm I part mean, of it. no, but, I mean
0: performing. But the yeah, girlfriend I
1: mean. being, yeah, theater. So, uh, that's that's what what uh, the big love story was out of that was finding that that love of of theater and creativity and. Man, I'll tell you, when I first started, I was a nervous wreck. Like, i I've never had my palms sweat before. I never knew what that was like until my first acting class and getting up and performing for the first time. Because up until that point, like, volleyball, like, going out and perform, like, you perform your skills and, and go out and play a game or, or a match in front of people, in front of these huge crowds. But you get up in front of a class of seven other peers and all of a sudden, that's more nerve wracking to the point where you can't Fuck, even like yes. you can't even control your shaking.
0: Hell, hell, yes.
1: And as and as much as I loved football, as much as I love performing on team and being on a team and stuff, there was something about that feeling. And then fast forwarding to you know months down the road where I've, I had my first performance. That first, what solidified it for me and that, that love for theater was when I sat down, or when I um, uh, I, I auditioned for my first theater role, it was this, this Italian farce, um, and went through the whole rehearsal process, uh, hadn't yet been on stage yet to actually perform, but that first performance... Where I had a supporting role, I came in pushing a, you know, some delivery. I was a, basically like a delivery dude. I, I was in an eighth of it, no small parts, as we all know, as as performers, no small parts. But uh, my first small role in a big performance, and the moment that solidified it for me was when the curtain closed, the lights went black, we all got into our positions to take take our bows. Um, And those lights came back up and everybody in the audience started clapping and, uh, you know, got that standing ovation. Uh, There was that moment for me where I was just like, wow, Mm -hmm. this is cool. I love how I feel. And I am now on the other side of that feeling where I was sitting watching Little Women when I was up clapping for those people who made me feel so great to the point where I felt like I needed to stand and clap for them. And now these people are doing that for me and the rest Love. of uh my cast uh that I'm a part of. And that was that was the moment where I was like, this is this what is was what I'm did? meant to do. What was the show? Man, what was it? It was called um that's what's crazy is I, I can't remember off the top of my head probably cause am put on the spot.
0: No. Um, and also you you you're, it's an eternity from them, from the, yeah, it, it, a it couple hundred like shows. It. You're like, what
1: What was your, um, what was my first was, sneaker? That, and that off. was the thing <laughs> it had. It, it's one of those things where it's like the, the show. So I remember what the show's about. I remember everything except for what it, what it was called. Um, but it was kind of like this It's probably well known. Um, but to me at the time it was just this offbeat italian farce right it, i didn't quite understand the comedy bits i just understood what the director told me to do and i was like all right cool it's a fun little play like whatever yeah um but i you know i think the nervousness of it just being my first performance and everything i was just trying to make it through and uh see if this this thing was for me and yeah.
0: um well that's kind of ironic that um you say that it started with kind of a woman because um almost everything that I've done in my life where uh where it's ingrained in my life started with a woman volleyball started with a woman I'm not going to tell that story I've told it a hundred times but eventually volleyball became my girlfriend I kind of Mm -hmm. forgot about her but it had to a lot to do with respect for what I was trying to do to impress her like it looked easy enough and then you get in there and it's not easy. And you're like, and then people are looking at you like, get the fuck out. And then you're like, all right, let me, let me, you know, no way. This is embarrassing. Now gotta, and now I got to, and no, I got a point to prove. And now you, you, you know, the girl leaves, she's already, she's like, dude, you already got a girlfriend by, you know? Um, So that's where volleyball and um, theater come in common. Yeah. Uh, one, um, just as a side note, like um, the volleyball thing, when I get on the court and there's a whole bunch of people watching when I played in Germany. Um, home game, you know, um, everyone in the city of Darmstadt just chilling. I'm like, just I wish someone would hit me in the, the fucking face with the ball.
2: Just hit me in the face. <laughs> just, I wish
0: I'm playing defense and like a, you know, someone hitting the ball just hits me in the face. If I get six pack, then good. Because if I get hit in the face, I don't have to worry about getting hit in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and then I can just play fucking volleyball. Yeah, you know. So, um, but that's the from a uh, uh, um the volleyball perspective, from the theater perspective, I was working in his doctor's office and I can run lines like uh, from beginning and I could do accents. I um, One of my gifts was I adapt sounds. Mm-hmm. So I'm from Flatbush, Brooklyn, and you they want to know what a Jamaican guy sounds like or a Trini. You know, hey, listen, you got to get them fucking cats speeded, all right? Oh, the cat's cat singing by me door, right? I go, I chase away, I chase away the cat. I go back to bed, like back the cat come back again. So, right, if he got money where for fucking we? video games, he could get his fucking cat snipped. So, so, um, <laughs> that's awesome. So it was one of those things where everyone's like, why aren't you, why are you here? My boss is like, dude, please do something with yourself. You know, um, I'll, we can get into him in private or, or on the next podcast. Um, cause he's famous too. He was in a beautiful mind and he was in man on the moon as oh, himself, cool. Dr. Rosenfeld. He was, um,
2: yeah. you
0: know, um, okay. so, um, I go to Marymount cuz Marymount is a block away from where I'm working in a cardiology practice. Mm-hmm. And I take a class, non-matric um no, acting for non-majors just to see if I like it and I fucking love it. And I run into this girl at at um the bookstore cuz I'm buying books and she's she's a theater major at college so she sees me buying all these acting books and she's like are you in the program? I'm like hey, hey. AA <laughs> alcohol's hey. Anonymous. Wait, wait where <laughs> am I? I thought I was What program? No, I think I'm so, somewhere else. Hopefully. So um She's like, look, you know, she, we ends up spending some time together and she helps me with my monologue. I ended up getting an A for the class. And I'm like, I think I want to do acting. And then, you know, like some of her friends are like, you know, you got to audition. I'm like, oh, audition, no problem. And they're just like, this dude doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. What do you mean, no problem? So she helps me prepare my audition for the theater program. And I selected BA, because there's, there's two ways in. There's B- BFA, which is Two Years Contemporary, you know, um, mm-hmm. ibs and Ibsen comedy manners, and your entire Shakespeare is, is your entire senior is Shakespeare, or there's the BA program with a uh, concentration in theater performance, yeah, which is two and a half years contemporary, and then you pick whatever you want. You want to do Shakespeare, you do Shakespeare for you. You want to do film, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. And the thing that divides them is during the academic year, the BA program you can do professional work, in the BFA you can't. Well, which is so so. I checked off BA because it was just more flexible. I'm a returning adult student, i but a little bit older. I'm maybe you know I'm not trying to be part of some clip, you know, or or maybe I am. So I um go in. And the first part of uh, the whatever, like, I look at people auditioning for dance because they have a BFA in dance. Girl comes out crying, mother's hugging her, or whatever. Oh, gosh. Uh, um, musical theater, <laughs> musical theater. You know, the it professor comes the out, I throat. can't take it anymore. The first 10 people, this is just ridiculous. This is rubbish. I'm coming back. And I'm just like, what the fuck did I get myself into? And this isn't even the theater audition. This is just because yeah. the, the, a lot of people were doing, were trying to do, the trifecta, some were trying to do a combination, sure. like, you know, like the BA program and then their minors musical theater. And I'm like, what the fuck, yo? And then I'll never forget the professor. Her name is Elizabeth Swain. She got everybody relaxed. Just I just want everybody to tell me why you got an act or why you want to be an actor. And that chilled me out because I was in the bathroom just throwing water on my face, trying to trying to Eminem myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> remember eight mile, what the yeah. fuck, yo? <laughs> they playing a mob deep outside. So um and I basically just told the truth. I said, look, I always wanted to be an actor, but you, you grow up, I have a blue-collar family. I'm, I'm not real. My father's an iron worker. My mom is a legal secretary, turned into a, you know, a legal professional. Went to Fordham Law School. You don't talk about acting, you know? Yeah. You better, boy, you better get your ass a civil service job or something, you know, about acting. So, and I said, well, I don't live with him anymore. And if we're just starting yeah. cracking up. <laughs> and I did a monologue. From a monologue book, which I found out later you weren't supposed to do. Yeah, whatever. Um, and uh, they, I use an accent, which I understand for the process. They said you weren't a, you weren't supposed to do. So I, I wasn't very good at following instructions. But but the <laughs> net But the net results, um, you're supposed to wait a month and a half for a rejection letter, an exception letter, exception. Uh, and I'm like, let me just, fuck. Okay, good. I got shit to do. I got my job. Um, nighttime, I was volunteer assisting at Baruch College for their, mm-hmm. their men's NCAA program. Um, let me just stay as busy as we can. And uh, I, can't, I can't I can't, fucking tell. Wait a month and a half? Should I stay or should I go? Yeah. So um, that was Saturday. Monday, I got a call. And I got one battery, one cell left on my battery, right? And I, I pass by the school because uh, I'm going to New York hospital. And I'm going to Cornell, and that's the path. And I run into her, and she's like, hey. And I give her a hug, and then my phone starts uh, ringing, right? And um battery's dying, and I'm like, and I, I just said Jason. They were answered the phone back then. I didn't say how long. Jason, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I, thought, yeah, I so, thought I was so cool. I started calling out my own name. This is Jason. Oh my so, gosh! Um, That's so funny. So he's like, "Hi, I'm looking for Jason Davis," and I'm like, "You reach, you reach such a man. I am you." <laughs> and he, he says, <laughs> he's like,
2: "Never mind." <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and he he said hey it's uh david moll the, the you know the director of uh, theater of uh marymount manhattan college and i'm just like um strange you should call me now um sir yeah. <laughs> i happen to be in front of the building and he's like cool he says um i want to talk to you do you have a couple of minutes to come in and talk and i'm like sure and i hang up the phone and she's like who's that and i was like that was david Mold. and he's like what does he want? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I hung up. I'm that. like, he wants to talk to me. And she's like, about what? I said, I don't fucking know. She's like, oh shit, this is so rare. I'm like, what's rare? This is so rare. Are you, are you gonna go? I'm like, no, I'm gonna tell him. I, yeah, yeah no, I'm, gonna I'm gonna tell him. I'll be right up. I'm gonna be like, you know, show. I'm like, nah, I'm gonna just stick my head some in the room. Be might like make that
1: decision. Yeah, know. I'm gonna stick
0: my head in the room. Like, remember when I said we gotta talk? Nah, I got, I got some. I got some grilled chicken outside. Yeah. I want to eat first. So I go in there and he just basically said, he noticed I checked off BA and he wanted to know if I was interested in the being in the BFA program um, because it was easier to be in the BFA program and switch out sure. than it was to be in the B.A. program and try to switch in. So he says, just try it out first couple of years, contemporary, and if, you know, Shakespeare's not your thing, and, and it wasn't at that time. It turned later turned out. I, I feel like it. it's
1: never somebody's um, thing right at first. <laughs>
0: fuck no. Huh. Shakespeare, yeah. that t- oh, come on, that's English. Man, just yeah. yeah I'm,
1: my first time yeah. experience with Shakespeare, I was like, I have literally. It was in high school or something. I, yeah. like, I have no idea what I'm saying. No so, idea. I, but I, you know, the now, cool thing is, now, like, course, the, cool like thing yeah, is, yeah, no, the cool yeah, thing is, the cool thing is,
0: once you have a monologue for an edition piece, uh, yeah. whether it's contemporary or Shakespeare, like I have Falstaff from Henry the Fourth, I I still know it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's like. I'm old school. So it's like remembering what your phone number was before speed dialing. And, and now I can't even remember. Uh-huh. I got my, my girl, my girl's upstairs. I don't know her number. Yep. <laughs> so basically, I'm waiting a month and a half for this letter instead I get accepted in two days from a uh, program that was ranked at the time, ranked number two in the nation. It was Juilliard, and there's Merriam on the ones on the west side of the park, ones on the east. Central Park's in the middle. We use the fuck out of their library because you know, Juilliard's Juilliard, is Juilliard. Um, Yale School of Drama is of course top ten. Tisch to School of the Arts. Uh, yeah. Yale is number one for grad school. So, I realized somewhere in the middle of this, um, show some respect. <laughs> you know, you you got That's lucky. <laughs> you got lucky, and every and you're surrounded by kids. You're teaching. You're teaching boys how to take take a girl out on a date. You know, you're dodging 20-year-old girls for your life, because at that time I was in the best shape of my life. I used to be 260, and I took on a trainer, and I took a year. Wow! I took a year, and I and I dropped 60 pounds, and I started playing in these these grass and and um, sand forest tournaments and indoors. So I look, you know, my hair was really long. That's they called me Y2J uh, Y2J. Why, oh, like Chris Jericho, the wrestler. So oh, that's where Y2 okay. Jason came from for karaoke. Okay. That's good. So, um, wow. Because I let my hair grow really, really long. I never let my hair grow long before because I didn't want to be like fat and long-haired. Is it, like, it like down, <laughs> yeah. down here? No, here, it, like... was, it was carrot top except really blonde. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: Except really blonde. I also had long, super long hair before. I saw the, yeah. <laughs> so saw the pictures. Saw the pictures. Look I up Drew Cannon
0: I mean, Instagram.
1: I always love when I see... And hear of new other people who just had super long hair because immediately I'm like, yeah. yes, we have we have a, a lifestyle we both vibe on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the good thing is we both have a good head. It's right. It's not yeah. like like I, I I could shave my head and it still looks good. You know.
1: <laughs> I've never shaved my head, but yes, I, yeah. I've gone almost to
0: boot, to the point boot camp. And you're um, right. Can you can help me find it? Good. You can help me find it. Here we go. Um, so. That's but that's how I got into acting. I, I was always in me, and, and yeah. everyone was like, "Please do, do don't work this now. You're you're in a nine to five. And, um Don't do this. Do do something else. You know." Mm-hmm. No? No. And yeah. I want to share. Let's take the time. Oh, let's go into that. Let's go to that. Wait, go to that.
3: She said there's better ones. I'm no. trying to find. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> that's always a good thing to hear. Oh my god!
0: Oh, look at that!
1: Oh, look awesome. at that! Holy. that's the one you picked.
0: Would you? Why not?
1: Doesn't look like Hagen Smith. That
0: does. Singin' Smith. Sin, Sin Sin oh, Humble, this is a pretty Humble solid. So Sinjin Smith is right one of the. That's the one I always
1: show people. Is, the, is that one?
0: Wow, gotta, that was that
1: was the point where you got to sing like, "I'll Be There for You"
0: by Bon Jovi next karaoke dude, do. right? No, <laughs> right? oh, she was so mad. Oh, my She's like, I didn't sign up for this clean shaven oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yours is long <laughs> mine was um up and out remember oh my justin from Amer- american idol oh. The oh first my gosh. Episode? Yes, yes that was me that was that okay. was that was <laughs> oh my, my <laughs> awesome. um and so much so actually on the finals in the finals i was going to a volleyball game and i i used to walk through the park to go to my volleyball games mm-hmm. and um you know the beach courts are there so they're like hey what's up yay good luck tonight Good luck tonight. Yo, go get him. Go get him. So, so, people hear the conversation and, and the people talking to me. I have a finals game for $1,000, like New York, like a, a, a league for volleyball. But people are hearing, Good luck tonight. Good luck tonight. Everyone else is like, Wait, wait, that's happened? Justin. <laughs> are you Justin? And I'm like, No, I'm Jason. But Justin, you know, my friend Justin's <laughs> over there. <you> know? <laughs> yeah. So, it, it was just one of those things. That's so, funny. since, uh, I, and this is, I so wanted to talk about acting. Let's talk about um, difficult. Um, roles to play what's a difficult role where you um you had to be someone where you and your right right mind would never be as a regular human being that to help you excel the role in this lazy world of typecasting it's well i mean you rarely get the challenge because the typecasting has got lazy they're like you can't be a 30 year old i'm like fuck you yes i can yeah so i'm 49 (laughs) i can be a 30 year old yeah sure
1: sure well i mean that's what acting is right i I can i can I, i can put on this persona uh but i have a couple i have two different things right off the top of my head that like immediately like popped up um just trying to see which one to start with the the first one it's uh i think like the there's that that immediate one that popped in my head was like of course uh, it's it's hard for me it's it's hard to put on a role of some somebody that maybe you've never done before because then there's a lot of imaginative uh creative work that has to come into it like if like I've never been uh I've never lived in Antarctica as uh as like as a like a ice trucker or anything like that so if I'm getting a role and I gotta live in Antarctica as an ice trucker there's some research that I have to do and some imagination work that I have to do especially like let's say I live in tropical climate and I don't like the cold, uh, or never have been cold before, to those those sub degree temperatures. Like, okay, well, if I don't know what that is, how, how can I find? As we were talking at the you know very beginning, those substitutions that can get me to that place to to accurately depict the uh, these things. Uh, so that's hard. Something that's far away from you. And then I think the other things that really are tough, and and that w- uh, we celebrate now because we we are all. I think as a collective starting to understand this is the psychological aspect of, of certain roles like, you know, with uh, the Joker that j- just came out or very complex, very complex character, very complex character, or even Joe from little women huh. who's mm-hmm. living in a time period where, you know, she's, she's uh, in a mindset that's different than most women of that time, time period, you know, and, uh, to any you know any suggests where it comes to that that psychological depth of understanding with the role i think that's where a lot of the uh difficulty comes in and a lot of uh, the skill uh that you can see from actors nowadays it's Like it, it, when when i see a role and i'm like wow that 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 was really good uh and i love that performance usually it's because that role I'm watching the psychological aspect, not, oh man, he blinked at this point and that was perfect. Or, you know, they cried at that one moment. It's not, um, or it's like marriage story that just came out. I don't know if you've seen marriage story yet, but there's a moment at the very beginning of the movie where the 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 two married characters, Scarlett Johansson uh, and Adam Driver are having their conversation. Um, and he gives her a note and, she, you know, you, you could just tell... You can just tell there's something more behind what she's asking, you know, and uh, and after he gives her this note, she walks away and this tear rolls down her eye. And yes, it's perfectly timed. It's like, wow, we captured that moment. That's beautiful. But what's even more beautiful is the fact that she wanted so badly for something else from him and she didn't get it. And walking away that tear rolls out, but not because she wants to cry, but because maybe she's holding back that tear for so long. And that that emotion is so is running so deep that that's what I see in that in that moment. And I I was literally, you know, I was watching and and I was sitting back in my chair and that that tear rolled down and I was out like on the edge of my seat immediately like, wow. That's, that's, she, all she wanted was him to just say, like, on her last performance, like, hey, you know, something along the lines of, man, because I'm putting myself in his, like, man,
3: all she wanted was you to just say, I'm just so happy that you're in my, my, my group, and that you put so much work into this, and I love you, and blah, you know, all these
1: things that you could just tell with that one tear was going on in her mind. And that was, that to me is, is a really, hard thing to accomplish and when you see it happen it's like that's a skilled actor right there nice and of course you know being nominated for yeah uh, those roles well there's
0: a what character would did you play that was challenging
1: um so uh challenging thing well so i'll get i guess i i can because i do have one other thing as far as like other roles that i think are just very tough and they all do kind of they all do like these are all different roles over time that I've been I've been challenged to do. Um, off the top of my head, uh, I think, it, and we've touched on Shakespeare here and there, I think um, Hamlet it is probably that role for me. It's, it's one of, my, I, I actually do love Shakespeare and not only because of the beauty and the language and the poetry, um, but because of the the human aspect of this, and and the and specifically Hamlet, I think Hamlet is a very um, is a very detailed and in depth analysis of what it is to be human on on a lot of levels through all of his characters, but through Hamlet in in the most ways. Um, And, you know, that's one of the reasons I think it's been done so many times. And I have a small, small tangent is I have actually done Hamlet, but kind of like you were saying earlier, you kind of have those things with different uh, with different uh, teachers and professors in college and college. Uh, My senior year, we were doing Hamlet and I was just like, dude, and it was the senior BA program. I'm the senior (laughs) BA dude this is it. This is, I'm getting it. And you jumped we,
0: everyone's fucking hoops. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. I was like, I'm a, sh- you know, like not that I'm a shoe in, but like, I should like, this is a natural thing for me to like get as my senior, it would be like a senior capstone type thing. Um, the, the, that's the thing that I would like go off and be like, yeah, dude, I was, I, I did Hamlet. Like yep. I, that was my study, uh, for my senior thing. Like that's what I did. And, um, we had this, uh, you know, you know, like I'm 20, 22 at the time. And we had this, uh, newer, uh, staff member who came on as a, as an acting as one of the, uh, teachers for acting like and like um, an
0: adjunct or faculty or yeah.
1: Fa- yeah. He was a new faculty member and, um, okay. he came on and he's like, uh, he was in his thirties at the time and whatnot. And, uh, we're doing this and it over the summer. So we auditioned the, the, um, like the year before, and then we have kind of summer break, and then we get uh we get cast for a lot of the shows coming up in the fall, and that was the fall show. Uh-huh. So I had all summer to like. Kind but of there was prep. a senior show. And of case. course, yeah. So yeah. Well, it, we put on the show the BA program. We put on the show. Oh, okay. But you got cast in the roles, right? And you know it could be, and so as kind of as you are level wise, like. I had worked my way up i had paid my dues it's like okay senior year this is it i'm going to get this role like mm. because it's one of the biggest roles of the year. it's not going to be the only role i do but this is the one that i want and it, i naturally fall into right so uh waiting all summer to get this casting in, and i know i'm in they're like yeah you're in and i'm like I'm in on the role. Yeah.
0: Like, cool. That means I'm Hamlet, right? Yeah, that means I'm Hamlet. Awesome. This is going to be
1: rad. And they come to find out the faculty member is cast as Hamlet because apparently the role was too it, the way they described it is that they wanted him to play the role so that he could sh- kind of teach and be in it at the same time and like we could learn through watching and being a part of it and acting with him like a, as a professional actor and all of this other stuff that I was, it, it was just like okay mm. okay and the kicker that I think is hilarious is I played King Claudius his Get out. stepdad yeah oh, <laughs> so oh, I my, at a twenty two year old college student am playing the f- father of twenty plus years mm. to this thirty. 30- 30 something uh, year old faculty member. And it was just one of to say like, I, I ended up growing my beard out, which was not as great as, uh, as you saw in the little clip earlier, you know, I can grow out a, a decent beard now, but back then it was like, it took me three months to grow out something that like no. resembled a beard. Dude, and, you can like, do
0: Thor. I mean, right. Well now, yeah, sure. No problem.
1: But back, back, uh, back then yeah. it was like, it was really tough. So, um, but anyway, since that time, uh, that was my little tangent story. Um, uh, I, I've had that thing with with a faculty member as well, but I, I've I've always just been infatuated with Hamlet specifically through Shakespeare, and and um and that's that's uh, that depth of the character and what it not only the character itself, but I think the character actually is it's bigger. Hamlet is bigger than Hamlet throughout the entire show the things that he's talking about yes he's he's uh he's a scholar he is all these things he's been to university and he he obviously is a is a very uh good thinker at the time which is also you know from what we know probably just an extension of what shakespeare was right so you're sitting here thinking if you think of it that way you're thinking hamlet is an extension of shakespeare which is an extension of all these other great minds that shakespeare knows what more can it be than an, than, uh, an overarc of what it is to be, you know, uh, a human or at least a, a, a man at that time period. And and in general, like the, the thoughts and, uh, mindsets of, of humanity in general. Right. So, and I, And he was so many things, so it is challenged yeah.
0: the player, right? He's a soldier. He was a student. Um,
1: Absolutely. And, and in his, you know, the, the beauty of, of, all there's so many different great quotes and great monologues in that in that play but still the one that we continue to come back to and the one that i was, was engrossed with was is it to be or not to be speech
0: yeah it's a to hook. Die
1: or not to die. it's a hook it's a yeah. it's a i mean we think at who at what point has not thought about death yeah and whether or not to to do it and in the way that he does it you know you break down you break through the constraints of what the language is, you know, at first, as we say, you know, maybe somebody who's never seen Shakespeare looks at it and I have no idea what you're talking about, but then somebody come in and say, well, this is what he's talking about and this is what he's saying. And all of a sudden you're like, oh,
2: no,
3: yeah, I've thought about that
1: before. No doubt. Yeah, it's just in a different, it's just in a different style of language. Um, But man, just to be able to contemplate life and death and in the way that he does only to then by the end of the monologue say, yeah, but you know what? There's now I've got to move on to the next point in life, which is yeah. what we do, right? We have these grand, great thoughts as humans, uh, or these great ideas, and we're sitting there contemplating
3: them, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh shit! I gotta go! I gotta go pick up my
1: kid, or I gotta go, I gotta go, uh, I gotta go get coffee. Uh, you know, we all of a sudden our mind takes over from from something, and we're yeah. on to the next thing, or. Or it's time for a meeting, or oh, gotta go to this podcast now, you know, yeah. something like that. Um,
0: uh, yeah, and and Shakespeare and psychology and just the human condition and like uh, is so intriguing in a sense that it's timeless. Like somewhere a couple of thousand years ago, that what we're thinking about, and what she went through, and it's like, okay, on to the next one. Is happening now, and it happened then, and it's happening now, and it's in this, this residual, this continuous yeah. thing. It's almost an absurdism, if you will, uh, except with ex- absurdism, the full, the circular action, you're a little worse. <laughs> you
1: yeah, know? well, and it's I mean, funny you say circular yeah. action because it's cyclical. We we continue to talk about these same mm-hmm. themes and these same same questions that mm-hmm. have we even really gotten an answer to them? Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because, like, I – so, a funny thing, so I've been so engrossed in that, in the to be or not to be speech in itself that I've actually, like, so I've been out of college now for 10 years, and for 10 years, I've always come back to that to be or not to be speech. And I actually did finally get to play Hamlet, because I, when I moved out here, I, I moved out here to do a two-year program at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, oh, and cool. in my second year there, I got to pick Shakespeare, and when I went in there... um we got to pick like, Hey, a similar thing. We're doing monologues for capstones and in the theater, you know, you can give us a suggestion of what you'd like to do. And I literally went up to our our teacher and I was like, I'm not saying what I'd like to do. I'm telling you I'm doing Hamlet. Yeah. So just so you know, and I did, and I got to do it and I got to do the to be or not to be speech. And it was great. And from that moment, um, I had been already working on it and kind of research, breaking it down And I did it, and what's crazy is like, you can come back to a speech years later or weeks, months later, and it could be completely different. And that's what I started doing kind of like a lifelong thing on is like, I know that speech and I will frequent it every now and then, just to say those words and to contemplate those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like I'd be at work two years, you know, like the past two years or whatever, you know, I'd, I'd be down on a break from work and I just I had a a moment and I would just there was a time period for weeks and weeks on every break. I would say that monologue. Right. Just to see. Like sometimes I say it. Sometimes I'd like really go full force on it's, it. Sometimes I'd just be sitting there like.
0: But it's it's having almost, a coffee. But know, it's like in whatever. this language that like a lot of people don't don't, um you know, fully get if they're not into it. And some it just seems like a completely different language. So altogether. But at the same time, it's very, very fucking human. Yeah. Uh, um, um, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, you're fine. I I just think what's interesting about that is that it, I think it's only confusing when it, when it's done in a way that people can't understand. Like if you're on stage you. and you're doing it, you can do a Shakespeare monologue in a very modern way, just yeah. the way we're talking But this, The moment I think a lot of people tune out when they hear Shakespeare because they kind of have a preconceived notion of what it is. Yeah. So the moment you come in, and you're like, to be or not to be
3: yeah that is the question like yeah. people are going to tune out but if i come in at you like hey man to be or not to be which really well, what am i saying that's man, the question like like yeah. especially in today's world uh, like we can adapt it to like depression right you yeah. could come in and say man i've just been really depressed lately then i'm just like i've just been thinking like like what would it be like to die or not to die you know like like I've been thinking a lot about killing myself. And so so you take that that thought immediately like, coming. Mm-hmm. Like, to be or not to be.
2: hmm Ah
3: man, that's a question. Whether it's no blur in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them to die. <sighs> to sleep. To sleep, perchance to dream.
1: Aye, ah, there's the rub. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: so You know, like no, immediately, but, like you yeah. might
1: not, eat, and those listening, like they might not know what I was really saying, but there's some there's some
3: words in there, and maybe with the emotion behind it, you can hear, and that's what I love about film too, because
1: like we're on, you could see me on film here, so if, if you were watching, like maybe you saw that moment where I clicked it, because I really did, like even I started feeling the emotion, that's why I just kept going mm-hmm. with it. Um, where I can
3: whisper and mm-hmm. just with the smallest, as you said, the smallest little motion of the eye or the eyebrow, you can emote so much through film. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason I think- Because that's what the over. camera
0: catches. Because that's, that's what, what the it cam- catches. The, camera, oh, the only thing the camera cares about is what it's pointing at. Mm-hmm. Um, getting back to what I was going to say and, yeah. and um, echoing what you're saying, I think the better that it is performed, the, the better the the more interested people are in uh, the be- the first Shakespeare performance I've ever seen was actually just the movie Mel Gibson Hamlet. But beyond mm-hmm. that, I saw Twelfth Night, saw the Tempest. You know I'm neck deep in it, yeah. and now I'm doing fucking monologues in it. So whether you are doing a moment to moment thing, which for the, for the people watching this, he he did a really really good job with that. Um, for the people who uh, just just have sound, tough shit. Sorry, um, but but voice voice and more voice. Yeah, perhaps. hopefully, yeah, um, I think they could tell still. But whether you're doing a moment-to-moment thing or whether an actor is just doing his job, doing a textual study on the script analysis, uh, singling out what what are operative words in each phrase. So let me just do a technical thing, an an emotionalist thing, all right? Um, I'll do foul stuff, right? Um, I am accursed to rob in that thieves' company. The rascal hath removed my horse and tied him I know not where. If I travel with forefoot by the squire, featherfoot, I shall break mine wind. <laughs> you know, so so if you're looking at um, um, operative words, like, um, shit. Um, I'll give you an example. You've got to be kidding me. It's just a phrase, right? Mm-hmm. Now, depending on the given circumstances of the, of, the, of, the, of the play, if someone's being a hypocrite, the operative word is you. Mm-hmm. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, You know, or if it's just from a level of internal frustration, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So the operator, word is kidding now. Yeah. You know, so, so even, even a, a, a the laziest. As opposed to so like even, pointing somebody. Yeah. As opposed to relative stress. So, so even the laziest of actors, if they just do a script analysis, take these phrases, underline an operative word, uh, 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 identifies what, what's, what's a climatic series of uh, the cat. Took a shit on my bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, that's an example for those of you at home of a of a, of a climatic series. So, um, and I guess I'm again circling the wagons. What I was trying to say is, I started to respect and appreciate Shakespeare more when I see people perform it. Yeah. That could be it's in English, but it could have been like watching um, uh, Twelfth Night or whatever. That could have been in Italian, and I would have got it. Mm. And I would've got it just because, you know, and I think some of the challenge for some of the younger actors is like you said, so, not all of your choices have to be big. You don't have to spoon feed it to the audience like they're an asshole. Yeah. You know, the rascal have removed my horse <laughs> <laughs> and, and tied him. Yes. <laughs> I know not where. <laughs> yes. So, yes. so yes. you know, but like you said, there, there's something about the more you do it and the more you perform it, the more seasoned you are. Oh. Man, those are just my favorite actors. Yeah. I really come on, man. Didn't we not like that that too? That's that's the single, single best thing I've seen since Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you. you. Know. Yeah. It, oh, so, oh, by the it's, way, it's Shakespeare trained. Which too. again is another
1: yeah. thing where they say, uh, you know, in audition, never do to be or not to be. It's like saying, saying Macbeth in it's on a stage or something like in a theater. Like no, it, no. all these super, yeah <laughs> no, like so, these superstitions or. You know, because it's just been done so many times. But the thing is, like, why has it been done so many times? And I've and I have auditioned Mm -hmm. for Shakespeare as it. Maybe it wasn't the best idea, but it's what makes me most comfortable. It's it's what is closest to my heart, and I think that's what. You know, and, the, and, actors, and the characters like, are
0: intriguing. Yeah. Like, first of all, all of these got to give big up to Seneca. All right. All of these basically all of these characters are Seneca characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say Shakespeare bit, but he basically took the ideas of Seneca characters, the ghost, yeah. the, um, the, 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 the best friend, you know, the main character, the good looking girl, um, like Falstaff, I, I was just doing Falstaff is a guy who has a sense of humor and likes to play jokes on people. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Fuck around, take his horses, guess what? He ain't got a sense of humor no more. So we know, we can identify, we have friends that can dish it, but not take it. Yeah, <laughs> that, is a, that is a person, Absolutely. that is a character, okay? Um, so, but for me, and really quick before I forget, the um, I, um, I was in a play called The Last Bridge, written by Wendy Kesselman, and I had to play a Nazi. All right, I'm not a Nazi. I'm not in the business of killing Jews and looking for them and humiliating and raping them or whatever, this and that, but I got to be one.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: got to be one. So like you said, um, we were talking about the uh, the technique and the process of it, but um, that was, for me, the, an example of a difficult character I had to play. I got to be a Nazi, mm-hmm. you know? And then I, the other guy dropped out of the play and I had to play two Nazis. So I'm like, great. You know, so now um, one's young, doesn't speak English, you know, you know, And then the other guy speaks English, but but you have to sound like a German guy speaking English. The the streets car stops running at midnight. Yeah, (laughs) you know, Um, so that was one of the more difficult roles I had. Yeah,
1: and that's and that's I think where Um, where I say earlier, like mm -hmm. it's that thing, that character, that role that's far away from you. So that and. Uh, that's a great circle back because there's that far away from you. And then there's a psychological and then I did have one more and that's one that's really close to you. Yeah. One, And not in a way that you understand. It's one that you understand to the point that you judge. Mm-hmm. And I say that. And for instance, I have the hardest time playing a, let's call it a stereotypical, like, uh, like fraternity brother type uh college douche bro is what they'll call you know it's kind of like the the breakdowns I get you know he's like boys. A, like it's kind of like like frat boy, boy type or, or, bro, or jock yeah. like jock uh stereotype because I was that person mm-hmm. and I judged that person for who I was at the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: and for years I would get these roles and I'd miss out on these roles because I went in judging this person that I was supposed to play. And I- any actor who's, who understands this will tell you, you cannot play a role authentically if you judge your person because nobody judges themselves and their actions no. like that. No, but I don't go around who I am today thinking what I do and what I say is a judgment. But the person who is judging me from outside... For something, I, you know, I might come in, and uh, you know, Liz and I might be out, and we might be telling an inside joke, and somebody from the side might hear it and go, "Wow, that dude's a freaking douchebag," and right. that's not who I am. We have an inside joke going on, yeah. But, but, um, but if I were to judge myself in that moment, how can I be living authentically in in our in our little play or you you know in in anything? So I think that if you judge judge a character, which I, I did for a long time. You, you—it's one of the most difficult things to try and put on. So what, what I've now done? Because what, basically, what a uh, Jim is—the first time that I played a character that I used to judge. That I always would kind of like superimpose my face on, and be like, oh, but that's not me. Oh, no shit, it's not you. It's this person. Yeah, you are you. I am me. But I am putting. But I'm representing who this role is, and I need to do that authentically. Mm-hmm without judgment and when i, I guess when i flip that mindset in that way it not only helped me in general like with my own with my own self um uh and and my own self judgment but uh with the way i saw the world the way i saw other people and it, i mean i think it helped me become a better person in general uh walking through life going you know if i might hear something from somebody like oh instead of thinking oh man she's being real real uh mean person real, real bitch right now like maybe that's not it and now I might say or, or at least think to myself I wonder what's happening in her life right now that's making her act that way yeah like man maybe she's having a real bad day or maybe she is like that I don't know but yeah. it's not my place to judge that person's actions uh so translating that to roles now uh I can now play this role of Jim who I may have judged before and I think it came at a great time because literally, I think around this time when I stopped judging those types of characters, that's when I got the call. Right, hey, I need you to play this character, and I was like, you know what, I can do that. I'm all in, you. Yeah. And now, okay. uh, you know, it's like I Gary Oldman will was... always have work. Yeah,
0: Gary Oldman. Yeah. I'm like half the films. I'm like, I don't, I didn't even know that was Gary Oldman. Yeah, <laughs> right. A dude is like in the Scarlet Letter to um, uh, what? what was that movie with them? Um, Chris Tucker, a Bruce Willis little futuristic shit. What was that? Oh, oh my god. Fifth yeah. Element, <laughs> Gary Oldman was the bad oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Isn't it amazing? You Wow. Like, Gary Oldman wow. is like a girl wearing makeup. She's not supposed to look like she's wearing makeup. He's, you're not supposed to know he's Gary Oldman, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, come on, y'all, y'all, y'all. I don't I always think Chris yeah, Rock I don't mean to say y'all I'm women so or whatever, because so I don't do that, but some some of them are he, like made, raccoons. I right. love that mm-hmm. movie with Chris
1: Rock. And sorry, uh, yes. sorry,
0: I'm having Oh, my God, time. oh, my God,
1: Kobe, oh, my God. I I'm just coming. love. Oh, I shit, love his three, I'm coming in that. I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> Physical comedy is hilarious. I mean, I, I mean, the whole the whole fucking movie is great. But yeah, I but just, I, when I think of it, it's immediately what I go to. I
0: also think, in order for you to to conquer these demons, uh, which as a result make us better actors and also understand ourselves and understand people around us, there has to be a latitude from the audience to understand that. We we gotta let artists work. We had, before we got on camera, I, w- I told you we were. Uh, I was watching Joe Rogan's episode, and Robert Downey Jr. was on. This the day and a half ago. Um, he he actually recorded a week ago, but I think um, they held off because Robert Downey was doing like um, the promoting a movie or whatever. And I guess mm-hmm. he was hush hush. Um, and he played. Um, the the one it was the one thing and we're all in a room laughing because we all joked like like a politician does like blackface at a Halloween party in 1979, and it's still an unforgivable sin because, like you said, human beings take that person and say from 40 years ago and say, Oh, that's who you are now, which we all we all agree is unfair and disingenuous, okay, because it could be a different person. But flying under the radar, doing a movie in Tropical Thunder, Robert Downey fucking does blackface and mm. nobody gives a Fuck, yeah. nobody cares. Nobody cares. And I wonder if it's because he was so in depth and into the role, he's playing like the psychological guy of a guy who wants to be black, identifies with being black. Um, that just made it more understanding or, or I hate to use the word forgivable because I don't think artists should fucking apologize for, for, sure. for, for, for shit. You're, you're playing a role, you, you know, you want to, you, you got a problem, take it out on the, on this, on the, on the writer, <laughs> you know, we're, we're actors. And I think the point I was trying to make is Robbie Robert Downey Jr., Jr., and the reason why he didn't get a lot of flack was it because he sent in the message saying you got to let artists work and then sometimes it's interesting and entertaining. Sometimes it's a turn off, but that's who we are as human beings and you have to understand those people too.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. And mm-hmm. um, I think there's also a certain degree where, like, the, yes, the audience has to let the actor work, but at the end of the day, the artist can't be afraid to do the work because of what the audience might think. Right. And, but what
0: Sanford Meisner said about Polite?
1: Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that may be Fun what life. what he he was also saying. Uh, Robert Downey was also saying at at that moment as well. You know, with that, you just got to let the actors work because we're going to work no matter what. Mm. So,
0: yeah, uh, you got to check it out. It's an hour. It's only an hour and twelve minutes. Yeah, his episode's absolutely. usually three, but and uh, usually I, I started the podcast just because I was inspired by him watching yeah. him. So, um, but yeah, because yeah.
1: because uh, uh, that's uh, you know one of the artists jobs is to, is to be able to take these stories and tell them in a way that uh, is interpreted by the audience so that they get a message, whatever that message may be. Um, even if it's off from what the message might be intended to be It's, it's we're storytellers and stories are meant to teach lessons and the, and those lessons take us into those next years and generations so that hopefully we become better people. And in that, you like what, what you said that, you know, he, maybe he didn't get so much flack which i'm sure he did there was probably some some things <laughs> well, out there Well, he really said like,
0: 90 <clears throat> here's nope. the funny thing he said 90% of the black people that he was friends with and knew didn't have a problem and joe was like what about the other 10 he was like well, well well yeah. that's a
1: <laughs> right but that's a and that's a thing and that's the great thing about yeah. uh humanity in itself is like we're so different we're, it, 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 there might be a problem if we all did agree on one thing you know um uh, or one i don't know like what I guess what, what I'm saying is that, that there's always, there are people out there that, that might have a problem with it, but that's good. We need the that other perspective mm-hmm. so that we can keep the dialogue going and keep working towards uh, those conversations and th- those yeah. answers that maybe m- might not get answered the to be or not to be. We might not ever answer the death question, but we continue to ask it and have the conversation.
0: I believe there's a documentary out there called The Day That Laughter Died. It's yeah. basically about com- comedians that were just killing it and selling out shows. And then somewhere in the early 90s to the mid-90s, the use of language and how they convey or convey whatever, um, people go to the comedy show and they find it funny. They do it in real life. It's not funny. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you ever saw Eddie Murphy Delirious or Eddie Murphy Raw, the word faggots. You know, faggots ain't allowed to look at my ass while I'm on stage, you know? That's why I keep moving around. I don't know where the faggot section is. You know, back then that was funny. Mm-hmm. But today, that ain't gonna be funny. Sure. Um Andrew Dice Clay, don't even get me started. Oh, um, yeah. they like they look at this guy and like like some of the routines he does. Like, let's say you fucking Let's say you're fucking, I don't know, you're fucking dog style, right? Yeah. <laughs> Does, would they kick pop out backwards? <laughs> you know? I saw this chick walking down the street with a hump on her back. He was fucking dog style. So, but um, it's one of those things where Andrew Dice Clay is playing a character that's so over the top, mm-hmm. that's so um, uh, uh, satirically funny, and the, the use of ridic- ridicule. People are like, oh my God, Andrew Dice Clay, he's a dirtbag. I'm like... That's not him. <laughs> That's not him. He's doing a character, the same way Will Ferrell did George Bush, mm-hmm. like on HBO. Yeah. He's not George Bush. <laughs> so, and that was just an example of, And comedies, and a very extreme yeah, like example stand, as far the stand-up as, version as far of what Saturday as,
1: Night Live kind of does. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, but it's an, this extreme example of how you got to let, let artists work. And I, I guess the reason why I still even tune in at SNL at all is because every now and then they let artists work, and because it's SNL, people are at least give it you know indulgent and, and and this and that and and i got to see it again it's a documentary documentary called the day laughter Die." Mm-hmm. like chris rock can get away with saying a lot of things we we, we nobody white sure. or black can't say kevin hart ends up having to apologize for, was, for yeah. what he said 10 fucking years ago to the yep. Academy Awards, you know, you gotta, they, they, you gotta let artists work. You gotta let artists make mistakes. You gotta make artists say, okay, that wrote people the wrong way. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go another route. You can't sit there and hold this fucking person or these people, uh, uh, individuals, uh, accountable for the rest of their lives for something that there were experiments
1: well sure because i i understand your perspective because yes like at the at the time it was it was a different time and i think that's some of the arguments that get made is that it was a different time so that's why you know it was okay to say that and yes the overarching umbrella is no it was not okay Mm -hmm. at all right but you said it and it was a it was an accepted thing that people overlooked and so i i do think i i personally do think there is a degree where they should be held accountable for things they said but there's also the other perspective uh, of what uh, I kind of hear you saying where that was also a different time and we have to under there's a certain understanding of that as well it dependent as well depending on can they m- have that how far have they moved forward since mm-hmm. then because it's like I'm not the same person well, We've mm-hmm. talked about it a couple times I'm not the same person that I am ten years ago because I've learned what does and does not work for me, what I do and and, and did not like about myself so that <clears throat> getting to the person I am today, I'm not perfect by any means. There's still a lot that I am working on within myself, but I've also worked through a lot of things. And, mm-hmm. um, and with that, I've had, I, I've only gotten to where I am by holding myself accountable for the things I've done in the past. And the, yeah. uh, thing with, the the platform uh, of of these people we're talking about that are being held accountable for on a nation like a worldwide stage mm-hmm. is that they are known by a lot more people and the and the access of information is bringing those things to light so they are being held accountable for and in a way mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting if you think about it um as an artist you say just let the artists work well they are forced to work in a public forum uh, of sorts where it's no longer work within a project it's work in progress right at in in real life Mm -hmm. so they the the work should be for somebody on that stage on that platform to do what they do where they they should apologize or or something to show hey maybe uh to, well to show that this is the direction that we are going as right. human beings we mm-hmm. are now understanding that 10 years ago these things did not work just like 20 years ago 30 years ago you know with with right. uh women suffers slavery all, all those things uh you know you i just watched harriet uh for uh the other night i did and, i, I movie hopped i saw yeah that. and you know and, and it's 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 such a beautiful shot movie, uh, and it is so good. But then you you realize at the end of it and maybe throughout, like, wow, this is something that is still very near to our our history. Right. This did not happen yeah. very, very long ago, but yet yeah, look at all the strides we've we've come through. All right, here, and here, that's just one small thing.
0: Here's the thing. I think apologies should be reserved for people that expect something different. All right. Betty Murphy does delirious. All right, if you went to his show and thought that he was going to be the guy from Saturday Night Live with the buck, the buckwheat from Little Rascal's wig on,
2: mm.
0: yeah, sorry, guys. Thought you were expecting something different. My bad. So until this world, which is migrating towards, becomes one genre where there's only one way to do something, there's some things you apologize for. And there's some things you shouldn't apologize for, shit, dude. Chris Rock is going to use the N-word, okay? Um, uh, there's some black people that don't like the N-word, and there's some white people who are like, oh, he gets to use it, we don't. And Chris is like, well, last time I checked, that was the only advantage we had, <laughs> you know? So um, so there are certain things where society or a certain certain of society don't get to, we as artists have to mediate ourselves, like you just said. Mm. They don't get to fucking do it. I don't think, look, the, I'll give you an example. of The N word. We're on the N word right now, right? Um, whether you use a nigger, nigger, or whatever, um, this is a word that was used to degrade black people. That was that by by its original meaning means uneducated, low life, or whatever. So these black people, as as a, as, as in certain neighborhoods, I grew up on Flappish Avenue, found it a way to be embracing. So if they want to bury the word, or if they want to say the word, I don't think it is the the role of. Societies outside of African American to dictate whether they should say that word or not. They don't get to do that. <laughs> you know, it should black people as, as a collective whole, they should decide whether they want to do it and then and, and let them work that out. I don't think someone that used that word to oppress them should be like, oh, oh, good news. Yeah, we're not using the word no more. No, you don't get to fucking do that. And I think that goes to comedy. Andrew Dice Clay. Guess what? That that ain't Sesame Street. Uh, um, ben Stiller, South fucking South Park gets to do whatever the fuck they want. They do every day what 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 Chris Hart, uh, Kevin Hart did ten years ago. That he felt like he, he didn't feel like he had to apologize. The apology wasn't authentic because he wasn't really sorry. He's like, I'm not that guy. Well, it's
1: almost like there's you a know? back. Yeah, like nowadays uh, with animation, you can't get away with it in animation because oh, it's a cartoon. Yeah. Whereas you, I, I do agree to mm-hmm. to the extent of you're right. They're they're up there playing characters. They're up there yeah. putting on this persona um, of this of, yeah. of of this character car, caricature cartoon. Why type do the Richard
0: Pryors stand up survive yeah. so long? Richard Pryor, he's doing that in the 70s, and he's still funny. You know, yeah. Eddie, Eddie, I just told you there are jokes that are funny then, that certain people, if you know Eddie, it's still funny because you're yeah. Eddie Bias. And there's some people that if you've never seen it before in a vacuum, uh, whatever. So then, but Richard Pryor, you could see him for the first time, never seen him before. Yeah. And you're so, like, damn. <laughs> let me ask you
1: then, do you think that it could be because uh, there's a, a higher level of sensitivity coming from most of the, the public nowadays, where uh, because we have so many social media outlets, because we have our own personal soapboxes, box, soap yeah. like what is Instagram, but a, a, a platform for me to put myself up on and go, Look at this,
0: one hundred percent, and, I'll and tell you,
1: yep. uh, that sensitivity and and the sensitivity of just being like, and uh, my feelings matter and uh, my opinions matter, which is completely true. Okay. Um, oh, that was a rhetorical but, question. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry. Well, but that's the thing. Is yeah, it, it's completely true. Uh, but also because I'm behind a, a keyboard or a computer screen, uh I can now push my opinions out there and. Um, and start, uh, which starts a dialogue, but then you have thousands, millions of other people doing the exact same thing. It's no yeah. wonder we have such a 90 10, 50 50, 30 70. Yeah. Ooh, I really tested my math there on that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I would yeah. have screwed up. Somebody would yeah,
1: like have been like, man, this guy's so just discredited like, dude, himself because
0: he can't even math, right? You count funny, man. You count funny, yeah. But, um, but
1: that's the thing. Like, yeah. even in this little joke right here, we're joking. We're having fun. But somebody out
3: there might have actually been I, like, I'm not going to listen to a damn word sh- he's saying. Dude, we're,
0: we're, we're past an hour and a half, and I'm sure one of us has said <laughs> something. You, you got your girl sitting in the corner. I'm, I'm sure she's offended someone just being here. Okay. <laughs> she ain't even on camera but it, 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 I'm, I'm, crazy, because like really? you said it's gotten to a point where people are looking for it and they yeah. think that their um, socialism is activism Sure, you know and it's not like um, symbolism or whatever uh, you know uh, um, uh, uh, I'm not saying like a Me Too movement or whatever but like symbolism and socialism to them has become activism because they feel like they've done their part I right. give you a, can I give you a really funny example? Meryl Streep. I
2: love that.
0: Meryl Streep goes on this diatribe about Donald Trump. All right, I'm not a Donald Trump fan. I didn't vote for him. Um, I'm from New York, so I got uh, a, a different a different opinion of him before he even decided to run. So, mm-hmm. so he's someone that kind of always kind of rubbed me the way, be, rubbed me the wrong way before. He took office. Just the the shit with the apartments and the racism. I'm, my mom's black, so we kind of went through. That's a whole nother story.
1: Um, <laughs> whole nother podcast.
0: Yeah, no. About a, a vacant uh, oh, apartments vacant. You come. Oh, it's not vacant. You you know your boss comes. Yeah. He's white. Oh, it's vacant. So that's that's you get the gist of that story. Yeah. So I can so I just wrap that up right there. Um, Meryl Streep goes on this diatribe saying, "Like, if we don't let um, immigrants in the country, the only thing Americans will be stuck with is football and mixed martial arts, which, by the way, is not an art." So the next day, I go on Facebook, right, oh, and man. and I say, "I didn't and,
1: hear that diatribe, but I can already see." No, but
0: listen, she said some very intelligent things, and I'm and I'm yeah. strawmanning. I'm admitting, I'm str- I'm taking one small part where, like, yeah, if Sorry, you're trying to no, but if you're trying to have something that's clever. And it's well thought out, and 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 you want your whole diatribe to be consistent with that. I said, I be, I basically say, well, she she kind of missed with that, for two reasons. One, and the NFL is global, so the immigrants are not. It's it's you know we're playing in England, we're playing whatever. Se- uh, second, anyone that watches mixed martial arts, even the most casual fan, like if just using the UFC as an example, and not Bellator the smaller promotions, if you look at all of their champions, like at the time, the the. The 145 was Conor McGregor. He's from Ireland. Chris Cyborg is 145. She's from Brazil. Um, John Jones, you know, is American. Uh, George St. Pierre was a 170-pound champion. He's from uh, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, just use another example. Um, um, Kamaru Usman's from fucking Nigeria. So... It's So if we didn't let immigrations in, we wouldn't have MMA either. So I just said that as a, as a, as a sense of humor. I said, I think she, she struck out on that because she was trying to sound bright. So what happens? Because she's Meryl Streep and everybody loves her, and I do too, my fucking, I, I, at the end of the day, I disappeared for 12 hours, my fucking phone blew up. Oh, it's called free speech. And I'm like. Which protects you from the government, <laughs> not not from other not from other free speech, yeah. you dick. <laughs> you know. So you got it's lost free... for twelve hours
1: in in the response. Free speech from that. was <clears throat>
0: yeah. They don't realize so... free speech is a double-edged sword, man. Yeah.
1: Well, because here's so here was my thought process behind that uh, is that if you if you look at that, what it, we use these platforms that we're on. She's on she's on a platform that maybe mixed martial artists and football players aren't watching. So you think about the same the same type of techniques that Donald Trump is using mm-hmm. or other politicians or anybody you know that that kind of knows how to manipulate the media yep all she had to do was say that. Because to me, I was like, that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't sound like Meryl Streep. Yeah. But you, but then you take it out of context of who she is. She's saying something, uh, making a lot of good points, as you said. And all she has to do is say something controversial. And she reaches 12 hours of millions of people blowing up and reading yeah. and watching. But she's also that begging
0: bit. someone to straw man her on that, on her. You know, she takes away from her diatribe when she's she gets mad about a person that doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And it's ironic that the your, and your your criticism criticizing a man that doesn't know what he's talking about. You don't know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. which by, and, and which by the way is not an art. That's that's I mean, why are you? I, I, I guess what I was trying to say. She struck out because she took it out on people that didn't have anything, you know, hardworking professionals. But people want to respect her craft, right? <clears throat> yeah. Look, I know a lot of people that that go to movies. They don't want to see Meryl Streep. She's fucking boring as fuck. I she is to me she's my favorite female actor today. Today. Yeah. Not ever, but but the, the best, but still look best at, female actress today, in my opinion, is her. But yeah. I got friends I'm like, I'm i she is she in Star Wars? Yeah. No, I don't care. <laughs> you know, she in but that's I line? I guess
1: the <laughs> No The point I'm trying to make is mm-hmm. like look at even how like like you get so animated about it even right now because yeah. of, and uh, your friends and other people are getting so animated about it. What that's if, where she wins, right? What that's where she wins. Like what yeah. if the what and that's what I'm saying is like you take it from an objective standpoint, what if she just placed that in there to get thing? Like she might not even believe that, but maybe a publicist said, Hey, she'll say some shit about MMA and uh... And football players, yeah, say something about football players because that'll yeah. get some traction and that'll get them talking about the – so maybe she might not have even felt that way, but it's a very smart move media-wise because yeah. that's, but the, how the, but, that's how but, the – But by that
0: rationale, in. wouldn't she have to give Donald Trump credit then because she's doing the same thing very he did? Very good
1: point. You would almost it have makes, to – well, cr- It makes one, not, one cringe. Uh, giving him cr- credit, but like um, – but at least – Playing into the same thing, she might not even. And we're, think, we're all saying think, this no, but do you think she right? did it
0: in a clever, uh, uh, ironic twist? Like I'm she gonna, may not have, maybe somebody that's a does, publicist of hers
1: might have said, yeah. "Hey, we should do this because this is um this is a technique that works if you want to reach some different uh um if you want to reach some different viewership or different, different yeah. people, then let's 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 do it in this way." where you place it as a joke that you can still play it off. But yeah. then at the same time, you're going to cause a lot of controversy yeah. but at the same time, getting a lot of people hearing your message. And you're going to have a lot of people so that don't get, watch your movies. Take, but isn't yeah. that, like you said, a credit to what Donald Trump does. Yeah. There's one thing that happens. He's trying to say a whole bunch of stuff to whatever. And I don't follow politics a whole, whole lot. Yeah. And I, I hear a lot of stuff, but when I do hear things, I take it at an objective standpoint to try and say, Okay, yep. now, how would, yeah. if I were in that position, why would I do and that? And it
0: worked. And you know why it worked? Because I'm someone that likes her. And you hear my level of excitement right now. Yeah. Can you imagine someone that doesn't like her or dislike her? Like MMA guys, they only have cable to watch sports. Yeah, okay? They don't know who she they is. Don't, they don't know her. They know, they, listen, they know Meryl she's
1: street. a Meryl who's that? Yeah. Meryl
0: street Meryl oh. Streep. Yeah, she's a pretty good actor. Oh, what film did you see? her? Uh, I don't know. I just heard she was a good actor. You know, so, so it was one of those things. If I have this level of excitement from someone that actually likes her, I can't even imagine for people who... Um, um, don't know her because I can't think of all, I'm, I guess in my circles, I can't think of a lot of people that dislike her. She doesn't put us. She don't put herself on front street like that. So she doesn't. Yeah, it's not the same as Donald because Donald's done done a lot of things to earn people's disrespect too. You know. So um, and I hate using him because if I'm you know if I'm if I'm using this wait, for the wait, podcast, wait, wait, people wait, wait, are like wait, wait. wait, this is a political podcast. It's not a political podcast. Hold on, mm-hmm. people don't like Donald Trump. No. Yeah. Oh, you're fake news. Oh you, uh, that's You you're Oh that came from him. Oh yeah. I have no idea. Oh my god. It comes from <laughs> no.
1: it comes from it
0: comes from little It comes from me and you.
1: Oh uh, <laughs> yes, there <it> is. <laughs> Me and Excellent, but then, but yeah, I think that what we're saying, like everybody, kind of plays plays. Uh, we've been talking a lot about mm-hmm. roles, and in a way, we all kind of we play a role. We play our own perceived role on yeah. onto the, the universe. You how, know? Do you the, how do you think? I thought think it the, was so interesting. Hold God. on, sorry, not to cut you off. Please, I thought it was so interesting. We are talking. Like, I feel like we're really talking um, person to person now. I thought it was so interesting that I even had a moment when we first started, where I when we started the podcast, I felt like. Immediately, I put on a character all of a sudden. I was like drew on the podcast. Yeah, like whoever that is I was immediately like yeah, man, like yeah. I was matching your thing she and she's gonna <laughs> confirm because I know I'm gonna leave she here like, She's no, gonna be no, like "Babe, not. babe, Who the <laughs> hell was that? Uh-huh. um And and as we've gone through mm-hmm. I I feel like and maybe she'll confirm or deny. I don't know Maybe I'll still get out. She'll be like, yeah no. but um as we've gone on through this, uh, I've settled into back into Drew as a, as a person and back into who I am. And I started, instead of trying to call in response with you, all of a sudden now I'm listening to you. And we're just talking. And now we're talking. Yeah. And that was a cool transition, especially this being my... F- first time doing something like this yeah uh,
0: my first episode i played a, I, I felt like i played a character yeah but now i'm, I'm 18 i'm 17 or 18 episodes in now you know my best uh this is my best uh strategy i sing gotta give the people what they want the beginning of every episode no way
1: That's the awesome. first
0: well the first five episodes i was like yeah. my, my first did five you, did
1: episodes did you do it this way yeah on um, this one yeah. yeah see i was so in my you, own head you, i was so egotistically was, like you were singing with me no
0: well you yeah, did, but that's the
1: thing. That. I had no idea what I was no, what I was doing was just mimicking where you were going. I yeah. am I feel like I just just was able to kinda of go with it. I got in yeah. karaoke mode. But in my head, like I was definitely ego like getting prepped, like, oh, I gotta put this on, I gotta make this good. Yeah. Uh instead so of my just first, being me. And my that's first so crazy. five I had no idea
0: what you were saying and, and so my first thing. i completely forgot So about check that. It out, my first really five episodes. Um, <laughs> I would say daddy's back, bitches. Right? Oh, yeah, And okay. my boss, who's like, she's a volleyball <laughs> coach, she's like, I'd like to get the kids to listen to your podcast. And, <laughs> and she's like, I'm not saying don't curse, but if your first line is daddy's back, bitches, it's from a Grand Theft Auto Ford, Yeah, because um, okay. it was a Russian... It was a Russian character, the main the, the main character in Grand Theft Auto 4, and they were they were on a ship, like uh, shipping illegal stuff. Yeah, he's breaking, you know, opening the door with like women. I think they were like they were like trafficking. He's daddy's back, bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was so it's one of those things where like the demographic of people, the generational people, identify. But I yeah. I, I, didn't, I stopped doing that after but episode that, five. But
1: it's so it's crazy, you know. Circle back with it. Mm-hmm. We all that we kind of play those roles that we 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 put on those fronts. For people and um, and so I say that to circle back even yeah. to the the Meryl Streep thing we're talking about like what if um, we've talked so much about well what if he says this but he, you know he's actually this what if Chris that's not Chris Rock's character that's not uh, uh, Dice Clay's uh, character like who he is right well, maybe Meryl Streep in that moment was playing Meryl Streep the 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 part of her that needed to get a message out. right. And then maybe she didn't. You, and this is all hypothetical, but maybe yeah. she didn't agree completely with how she was doing it. But yep. she knew the importance, the overarching. And she did uh, so believably. Of getting she, that message.
0: And out. she did so believably, like yeah. right, like in well, our and, mind, it, in our minds, probably, we're like, right. does she watch football? No. Yeah. But, does but she watched MMA? To the no. 90, 10, yeah.
1: Ninety percent of that message was her. Ten percent might not have been. Right. And that's fine. That's the role she had to play but to was, get that message out. But
0: I, the thing I, I point I was trying to make was. I thought her speech, the beginning of the whole thing, I said she's one of my favorite actors, and her whole speech was on point, but she struck out here. Sure. And, and I thought, you know, and I'm not saying, look, I'm, I understand free speech is a double-edged sword, and I know people are going to come at me with other free speech. And let's have a conversation. But don't come to me and say it's her free speech when I'm like, no. no, then, yeah. no it's a, to, free speech protects you from government prosecution. What the hell are you even talking about? You know, free speech does not. And freedom ain't free. You can't say. If you work a nine to five, you can't say what you want to your boss mm-hmm. and say free speech. Well, you can. Are we talking about freedom after the speech? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. But that was fun. Yeah, oh, my I, God. Look at I'm- this. Well Wow. Was wow. We just hit 158. This is the longest one. Hey, there. We we didn't just sneak through. We plowed through with a tank, did. dude.
1: We did.
0: Well, <laughs> all that's I, all I, that's I had to crazy. do was not have yeah. a volleyball player in this fucking show. Sure <laughs> yeah. uh, well,
1: and just to piggyback a little bit on, on that, I think that uh, the free speech thing, mm-hmm. I, I think that's the beauty of free speech because you are right yep. in your – freedom of speech. I feel like I am right in my freedom of speech. Everybody gets that. Yep. And that's, Even that's what's awesome and that's what keeps the conversation going. And that's what keeps us going through two hours of, uh, of a podcast because we have that. Uh,
0: at least Joe Rogan's here in spirit, and, huh?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think uh, the, be- the beauty and uh, coming back to another point we've made between like just that vibe and everything. When you get together with people who you vibe with and you can have um, a non-judgmental type of conversation uh, of ideas yep. and things, and just go back and forth. And say, yeah, this is that's that's what freedom of speech is all about. I believe. It, yes, it is ha- being able to have that conversation. Miranda's
0: appreciating this free. Yeah. She getting paid right now, dude. <laughs> More free speech, bro. <laughs> so right,
1: I'm really happy that we yeah we yeah. got to that because it was cool. You know, I didn't yeah. know what to expect when when uh, I came in and. <laughs> Uh, I love where it went. So oh, cool. I well, the quote between.
0: Well, the quote Shakespeare. Um, well, I'll finish by saying this parting is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> but I got to coach volleyball at um this afternoon. I'm just gonna get see if I can get right for that. Okay. I'm north of the pier. Oh, that's where my my girls are at and um i was very very happy to get have you on the show i mean so. not only i was thinking of a non-volleyball player and someone that could talk on subject matter that's passionate uh, that i'm passionate about and that's theater performance when i'm not
3: and then you looked you know, up oh. and saw me singing beauty and the beast the karaoke and you're yes.
0: like that's the guy He's the one. oh He's the my one. god
1: <laughs> uh. well it was uh yeah and on my part so amazing yeah. to come on and yeah. uh if i had to have a first first podcast first yeah. experience this uh i couldn't be more you happy come back on it.
0: this you got to come with a tank top one because you, you see come? the muscles i'd two. be happy to no but two i don't know if you guys have noticed for those of you that come here with a jacket on this room
1: it did get warm the in the last 30 minutes i, I was like me, am i saying stuff that's embarrassing myself coldest, or is it just getting warm right here
0: the coldest day of the year let me tell you something just come to this room it gets hot yeah <laughs> Um, all right. Hey, so for everybody in the room, for Miranda, my, my, my hostess with the most, my tech girl, for Drew Cannon, I am Jason DeBias. Thank you for joining us in this episode. And I say, we're out.
2: Ooh. So long. <laughs> Bam. Boom. That's it.